If you'd like to support the show, please rate us five stars, check out our merch store, or go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis to become a patron. All links in the description. That's okay. I'm going to be drinking water. Okay. Cheers. We'll, we'll be very fancy. We'll be fancy, Nancy. Okay. Welcome to What's My Thesis. I'm your host, Javier Proenza. Every week, my guests and I share the answers we found to the questions we have. Join us as we explore and expand our worldview and ask, What's My Thesis? And today, my guest is returning champion uh, yeah. Pamela Ramos. And um, I've been trying to get you back on the show almost like immediately after you were on really <laughs> yeah, i feel like you never said it though and also i left like social media for a year so i was super you were gone for a year yeah i was gone for a year i just yeah. needed a big big break from all of it's it a fucking nightmare yeah yeah for sure <laughs> yeah. but i'm happy um, to be back and it sucks that we can't be physically present but it's nice to yeah. see you no, it's definitely nice to see you. It, and I was thinking about this before. It's like, this is like one of the ways that we can hang because I feel like it would be weird if I hung out with you and you're like 20 something Zoomer. Oh my friend. God, it's not weird. <laughs> it's the art world. I feel like that kind of like division with ages is totally not present there. Like there can be some weird shit at play there for sure. But, but I, I don't think, think us hanging out would be like, creepy <laughs> no no i don't mean it like that i just mean right. that like you guys are probably partying like from my, what i see from your social media is you you guys are in a phase that i'm no longer in <laughs> well, you know what it depends what friend group i'm with though because sometimes if i'm with a certain friend group it'll be like yeah let's like black out and make out and whatever <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are the groups that i feel like w i would be feel a little creepy around but, uh... yeah but then there's other groups of friends that were just like having wine and talking or watching movies or yeah it, it's like so it varies a lot and I have a lot of older friends actually I mean I don't really know how old you are but I have like when I left school all my friends were my teachers which is kind of like lame I guess <laughs> um and I used to hang out with them a lot all the time and then kind of like you know with El Clasificado and everything that I made my own friend group and started you know, having new friends and meeting new cool people. So now, now it feels more like close to my age, the friends I have, which is, which is good. <laughs> yeah. I, I like uh, art world friends are important. I think that mm, they are, yeah. they, they sort of ground you into a space where you're like less, you feel like less, uh, I feel like times where I haven't had art friends have been a little bit more difficult, you know? Right. Like for, for right. moving and whatnot, it's not like I was burning bridges or anything. <laughs> right, right. You know what totally. I'm saying? Like you go you, you yeah. go somewhere else and then all of a sudden you're like meeting people, but I don't know. I wasn't yeah. immediate. Like the first group of people I met when I moved to LA was like people in the soccer world and stuff, people that played soccer. So That's cool. Yeah, oh, yeah but you're a soccer those, coach, right? I mean, not anymore. I don't even want to talk about those days. They're very, they're very, 
high anxiety and painful. Oh, I'm know? sorry. I, no. I just assumed it was super fun for you. It was super fun, but in retrospect, I just wasted too many years of my life doing it, you know, and like not getting anywhere in my yeah. career. So that's where it's painful. That's so but, but I mean, it was fun. And I like, I, you know, it was yeah. sort of the only like career career that was open to me at the time. Yeah. Because it was like in the 2008 crash that I started. Right. And, uh, and it was, it just seemed like on paper, it seemed like it was like, it was just so stressful. You know, yeah. like That's I had some really good highs and really good, really good times. And but mm. ultimately, like if your team doesn't have the number one star player, you're always answering questions. And it's just parents are fucking crazy. I know. Well, that's so interesting. I guess we can talk about that a little bit because because of the pandemic, I kind of stopped working for galleries because they mm -hmm. closed. And then, you know, it's like this whole thing. And so I started babysitting and now I babysit full time. Um, and I don't know, I guess, I guess our experiences vary because I feel very happy not working in the art world and I feel, well, working in the art world is not the alternative in my case. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like... I, 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 I worked in the art world for a little while and I was like, oh, these people aren't going to take me seriously. <laughs> yeah. Well, also like, I think I, I was working at Rena. Spalling's Gaga here in LA and that was kind of like the best job I've ever had they're so nice they show really cool artists they're very embracing but at the end of the day it's just a job and I feel like I kind of forgot that division like when they closed my access to those conversations and like those people was completely gone and now that I'm just kind of on my own I really have to work hard to create that bridge between me and the art world which i feel like before i was confusing and i was thinking it was already there and it was just for me you know but it wasn't it was just like labor yeah yeah um so well yeah. i just i just remember uh i've i've had experiences where like i were i, I did a show at a gallery and a mm -hmm. personal friend of mine who's a friend now was working mm -hmm. as a gallery assistant there mm -hmm. And I had been on the other end of it, but yeah, that relationship is different. If you're showing at the space, your relationship yeah, to the labor there so different. It's not like yeah. you're really like like it's it may be networking, but it's still you're sort of seen as like a yeah. separate entity, you know, that yeah. is like and so yeah, I have a friend that I'm not gonna like name names, but they're starting to do well. And I think that they're getting frustrated being, you know, represented and then also working for a separate gallery like it just yeah seems like it, that it's that crazy. psychologically it's a mind fuck because yeah for sure for sure <laughs> you know, i'm somebody and i'm showing showing at a space and like but yeah, yeah i i mean i relate to the that, that's kind of what i was talking about when i was talking about the idea of um of like how hard it is to sort of just meet art people right i mean Honestly, yeah, you can keep going to art, galler art galleries and openings and stuff. It's really labor intensive, right? Yeah. Like, here I am just fabricating a fucking way of doing it, you know, by yeah. just having conversations with people that are interesting and then posting yeah. them. Like, otherwise, I don't yeah, have, really I'm, I'm not showing up. I mean, I did show up a lot to Monte Vista and I made mm -hmm. friends with them, mm -hmm. like, and that's how I got in, but I don't know that, like, 
I really had the energy to like do more than that. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, definitely. I mean, even for me, after I graduated, there was like this kind of pressure I was giving myself of, oh, I have to go to all these things and I have to talk to all these people. But now I'm like completely, I'm exhausted from work. And I'm also just like trying so hard to balance my work life, my art life, my personal life. So there's really no room for me to be eager to go and talk to people, <laughs> which is really yeah. crazy. <laughs> and it's not long-term sustainable. Those conversations, yeah. like it's just, it is, uh, it's fun. It really is fun. And I feel like now that I'm like with Monte Vista, when I hang out with them, it's a different experience. Like, right. cause it's, it's, more than anything right now, because of the COVID, it just feels like a support group, right? Like, totally, yeah. It's not, yeah. You know, I mean, we're planning stuff and, and we're doing stuff, but like, it doesn't... Wait, I, I don't actually know. Is that a gallery? Is it like a... Oh, yeah. Gal it's a it's a, it's a a uh, artist collective in the Bendix building. And, oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And they they're, they they share space with TSA LA, Tiger Strikes Asteroid LA. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a space where, like, it's basically for our curatorial practices. We don't show in the space. We basically... But Curate. like, when I started the show, the funny thing is that when I started this show, it's like basically what the show is. It's like giving opportunity for people to be seen, you know? That's really cool. Uh, yeah. It's like, because if fuck waiting for people to tell you that you're part of the art world. Totally. <laughs> I mean, that was like my whole classificado thing when I did it. It was just so many people that were around me that I love their art and I love them so much. And I could tell how frustrated they were by these structures. So it was almost like, well, let's skip all of that. And it's not legit, but bucket you know like what do you mean it's not legit it's like le what i mean by that is like legit in the sense that it's not like oh a big institution is validating you and we're just doing it like yeah freestyle on the street whatever but it doesn't matter because then it really and now also now i feel like i'm more in tune with realizing like community for me is now comes before like this singular idea of like i want so bad to be represented by this gallery and blah, 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 blah. Because I feel like that's just such a, it's like the American dream, you know? It's like such a crazy out there narrative that we just keep chasing. And then there's like this alternative to it. And maybe it's not forever, forever sustainable or like each of us needs to figure it out on their own, but I think it's there, you know? So. Yeah, I mean, part of the reason that I did the show originally, like, and it's it, like, it's funny because I, I only knew mostly the Monta Vista people and I ha had to make a huge effort to like not invite, you know, I mean, they were just casual friends at the time, right? but not like just like lean entirely. So that led me to like kind of go out of my comfort zone and just reach out to total strangers. We That's had so met cool. before, we had yeah. met before. But yeah. uh, but but otherwise, like a lot of it was just and now I'm, I'm for, sort of leaning on like recommendations right. and referrals of people that I've talked to because you know like that's kind of worked out in the past a little bit when people yeah it. and i just had a bunch of people from detroit which are which is cool, cool. But the art world is so small that like i know i met someone that went to school with like some of the people from monte vista right someone i met randomly in detroit yeah reaching out you know uh yeah so it's it's fun and i do feel like people all in general in my experience in general you know the the number of people that are snobby about like wanting to like mingle or like you know people will either not react respond to me at first mm -hmm. and they'll start to like sometimes they'll like kind of 
start to like watch my stories and whatnot on Instagram, get a sense for me. And then they're like, they start interacting with me like that. And I'm like, okay, maybe I can invite this person. I haven't followed up on that. Uh, but, but, but most of the time, like, it's just that, like, I don't get a response, but it's never, but there have been a couple of times where people are like, why do you want to talk to me? And they didn't like my answer, which was like, I just fucking reach out to people that seem interesting. They wanted me like a scholar of their work. And I was like, this show is definitely not for you. Yeah. (laughs) That's so interesting. On a different track. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely really brave. I feel like I, I, when I did El Clasificado, I was mostly doing it with people I already knew. I wasn't really no, like, yeah, but I mean, that's... to reach out. But then I would do these funny, like I would have these delusional moments where I would think like, oh, <laughs> it's is so legit. And then I just would write to like, I don't know, um, set price or something. And his assistant would be like, no. <laughs> well, you got a response, dude. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I know. It was really funny though. Who else did I do it with? I did it with set price and I did it with... Um, Fuck, why is her name going away from my head? Um, she had a show at The Hammer, The Retrospective. Adrian Piper. I did it with Adrian Piper, too. And what she said? <laughs> it was like this really long, you know, like, your project looks really cool, but Adrian is, like, very busy right now, blah, 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 blah. But I could tell she wrote it, and she wanted it to sound like someone else was writing it, which I thought was really amazing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. And I, yeah, and then in those delusional moments, I would just kind of play with the idea of like truth and validity. And I would just kind of like pretend I was going to have a show with them. And it was this kind of like fictional fake news narrative to it. And I think obviously now in, you know, a political context, that's kind of weird that I did that. But, um, but I don't think that that's that weird. I mean, I've reached out to people that are out of my league too. Right. I think that if you just reach out to enough people, you'll be surprised who responds, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that I think that it, it explain a classificado f- for people because because one before you do one of the reasons I think that like you know there's a gimmick to like what I'm proposing for people right like mm-hmm. I'm basically like well we're gonna fucking talk about what you want to talk about like right. yeah <laughs> that's yeah. so non-threatening right and and we're yeah. gonna highlight you and we're gonna promote you like it's right. not like I'm coming in with nothing right and, right and yeah. uh, and same thing with a classificado so explain a classificado. So El Clasificado was a newsstand project where I would invite different artists to have shows within the newsstand. And the shows were kind of nonlinear, so it didn't have to be in one location for like a specific set of time. Each artist would create its own rules for the newsstand. Um, and newsstand, like, it's a small, like, little thing that you you see when you're yeah. walking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can pull up a photo if you want, just because visually... No, 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 it's okay. We can describe it because okay. this is most most people are going to listen to it. Right. It's just like, a, so it's a yellow structure, not that tall, maybe hip height for a short person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm very bad at describing no, it. No, that's, that, that's fine. <laughs> um, and it's uh, El Clasificado is basically, a it, it's a publication based here in Los Angeles that does classified ads every week so they print a new magazine every week and the ads are mainly targeted for the hispanic community in los angeles and i guess they also have it in like a couple other cities cities throughout the u.s like maybe um chicago and i don't know some random places and um so yeah so i took the new stand 
and and then I started using it as a gallery space. And I had originally taken it from the storefront that was adjacent to my dad's uh, business in Cape Town. And so the first show we had, it was right there because it felt familiar and safe. And then as time went by, artists kind of started being like, oh, actually, can we have it at Gagosian or something? And I was like, sure, whatever. So we would just take it to different places. And some, some shows were very like, you know, like there's an opening and then it's going to be up for a month and that was it. And then there were other shows that was like, this is like a one night show only, or this is a show that you can call me and I'll drive it to your house and I'll come in and you can see it and whatever. So each show kind of had its own set of conditions. And because of the structure of El Clasificado and, you know, their graphic language and the magazine itself, I kind of appropriated that too. So the way information or posts were put out there was in kind of the same manner that they would put their stuff out there. Um, And then that project ended for me, like, well, it didn't end. I feel like it's never going to end if I wanted to revive it. If I want to revive it like a month from now or a year from now, I could if I wanted to. Um, But I feel like by the end of it, I was getting invited to do like gallery stuff and museum stuff. And I didn't want to do that. It would just Mm -hmm. seem so you know, like it defeated the point of why I was doing it Clasificado to begin with. And it was really cool to see it in that context too. But I was just kind of like, maybe I should just give it a rest for now. And then maybe later on, it'll kind of become interesting again for me. Um, and you... also... Go ahead. Sorry, what? Oh, I, 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 my, my question could wait. <laughs> okay. Um, also, what was I going to say? Um, so the real El Clasificado found my Instagram account and they sent me a cease and desist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it was really funny. It was really dramatic. It was like very intense. And then I just told them like, I just really like you guys so much. And this is like an homage to you. And they were like, stop immediately. So I just like blocked them and I kept going. Um, <laughs> but okay. I don't know if this is like a hundred percent true, but I feel like it is right after they send me the cease and desist, they changed their logo. So they rebranded everything. And to me, that was like such a powerful thing. I was like, dude, that's so cool that a stupid little, like, well, not stupid, but like this really small operation can, mm-hmm kind of like really shake their core so i don't know i mean i'm just gonna believe it was my fault (laughs) (laughs) i like the magical thinking there that's very very powerful that's empowering as fuck i like myths so i'll become an urban legend for myself (laughs) yeah Yeah. well i believe it too i support it thank you Uh, you. cool i was gonna say so you still where, where do you keep it um, well, right now it's like in the trunk of my car because <laughs> it's really small. I can what carry kind of car it do you have? I have like a really small Toyota. It's like so small. It can just be in the trunk of my car. Okay. And the crazy thing is that at some point I had so many. I had like five of them. And then I just like slowly started putting them back out in the world because I was like, I have too many. I don't need this many. Oh, so you like, <laughs> and I, I mean, I stole them. So that's the thing. I, I wonder I, why they don't like charge you with theft then instead of like just cease and desisting the project. Just be like, put this girl in jail. <laughs> she stole something off the street. <laughs> okay, this is really funny. So there's those like little, I bet you've seen them before. They're like yellow little structures, very lightweight. So you can easily take them away. Uh-huh. But then they also have the other kind of newsstand that is the one that is like heavy and bulky and you open it and then there's like yeah, magazines yeah, yeah. inside. I also have one of those at home and I use it as like 
like a bookshelf. <laughs> I want to I want to see the legal the court case, the very dramatic court case where you're sitting saying, there yeah. and then you're like and you're like I didn't steal it, I appropriated it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, during court I would just be like authorship is <laughs> nobody owns anything this is a global world <laughs> and then case closed i would win ah oh, well this is why i wanted you back on the show <laughs> you're fucking wild i like it uh that's so funny though that they're just like they they said a cease and desist and they're like ah it's not worth it <laughs> i know i know but i mean i think like I got scared for sure. So I kind of yeah. like changed the, cause I have an Instagram just for El Clasificado. I have my own Instagram and I have one for El Clasificado. And, um, what is it? I, so people can follow it. It's El Clas. Oh my God. Javier, I haven't opened it in like years. I think it's like El Clas underscore or something like that. Mm -hmm. I'll send you the Instagram so you can like link it on the description or something. But okay. I like, don't even remember the password too long into it at this point. <laughs> um, Maybe your phone does though. Yeah, maybe I've changed phone so many times, but maybe. Um, so, anyways, I remember when they sent me that, I like freaked out. I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god, they're gonna put me in jail!" And then I was like, "You know what? This is like so easy. I can just change my username and block them, and they would have no idea that I'm doing this. And then I'll just like make the account private if it really gets like super intense." And I never had to do that. It was just like I blocked them, and I like subtracted one letter from my username or something and they never bothered me again <laughs> and i was Amazing. just crazy because also like what the fuck kind of team do they have that are just yeah. like so lazy and are just like mm, it's gone the account is gone we scared her i was like no we had like five shows after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yeah, I can get down with that. I think that 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 that's the kind of shit. I I'm so old that I don't think I would have those balls anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm like I've got too much to lose, but I like <laughs> I like the the power of youth of yeah. like just being like fuck I you. Mean, but also that was like two years ago. I was fresh out of school. I was like very very like <sighs> scared of like being alone and having no one to talk to. Not in like a personal way but in an art context because in school you just have your community at all times and then I felt like when I was leaving I was gonna lose that completely and so I told myself like I need to do something to be able to provide that for myself and so it just seemed like the most obvious and fun and also like interesting way for me to do it as opposed to like having a crit group or you know shit like that that I'm not necessarily super into anymore crit was not the best part of art school. <laughs> I, like, I like crit, but I think I like crit because I was a bitch. I would be like, you. Someone would be like, yeah, this is like whatever, and I would be like, like you made this last night. I would just be such a bitch. <laughs> but like, not in a. Well, actually, I hate the panel I was when I was in school. I think I'm much wholesome, much more wholesome now. What were you? Before. What were you like in school? I was a psycho bitch. That's what I was. I was just like very intense. I was like very like mili politically militant. What are we talking? Well, I don't know. I mean, I think I was kind of like a, a a dumb Democrat for sure when I was in school, which was really sad. I was just like it was just dumb, and I really felt like you just <laughs> reminded me something. What when you were on the show, 
I did something very evil and very cynical, and I said that I didn't think Bernie was going to be able to pull it off. What do you think <laughs> about it now? I mean, he didn't pull it off. <laughs> <laughs> what should I think? It's just like, you know? I, yeah, you know, but also I think these past two years have shown me how dumb I was in that sense. Not dumb, but perhaps naive. It's propagandized. Like, if, 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 I feel like if you put it in those terms, then you're going to hate everybody that still yeah. believes, right? And like, there has to be a level of empathy. Otherwise, I'm just going to go insane. Totally. Totally. I mean, I feel like I'm, I have empathy, but also sometimes I just get annoyed and frustrated. No, me too. I mean, obviously you've seen my Instagram stories. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I I feel like I love your Instagram because of that, because for me, Instagram is not at all like, I'm just like, dude, I'm, I'm drunk. (laughs) Or like, like, here's a cute baby. (laughs) That's my Instagram. But you're just like, super into your shit and I don't know I think it's admirable because I bet it takes a lot of time to like be reading that and like be invested I just don't even try I'm like (laughs) I just actually I kind of know I hear headlines and then I do I follow up on them and then I just get really you know like I I hear about things happening and then and then I like research it or like a lot of times like it doesn't even feel like it's just an echo of something you've seen before. So it doesn't even feel like I need to like dwell that much on, but it is a a, a definite, like, I just, I don't know, man, Trump (laughs) fucked everything up for like, it, like Trump just broke everybody. And, and the Democrats just became these like super authoritarians. And I'm like, you think that just because you're on the left, you can't be a fucking dictator. Like (laughs) It really is very scary. And I think, what what worries me the most is that nobody like it's almost like people are encouraged to not be critical now it's just like yeah that's what yeah yeah it's like virtue signaling only there's no criticality to what you do anymore it's either you're a good person or you're an evil person and i think it's really way more complex than that but yeah yeah yeah, and then the other hard not to be angry and the other thing is like how many people believe that Trump didn't actually win because of Russian interference because they've been propagandized that way for so long. Right. And then they're so outraged that fucking Trumpers don't believe that he lost. It's like, yeah. you know, and now and like people don't even concede in elections anymore. Like the whole, yeah. like, it's just so fucking crazy. The the whole system. I know, is I know like, it's. It's a shit show for sure. And in my lifetime, two elections were two presidential elections were stolen by the <laughs> by the Republicans, and no one gave a shit. No one gave right. a shit. You know, like uh, uh, yeah. you know, not that it would have made a huge fucking difference because Al Gore would have probably been cucked into fucking bombing people too. Right. You know, like imagine if Al Gore was president during nine eleven. I don't think that like he would have had the fucking will of character to be like, yeah, no. We're not going to invade Iraq, even though that's what our security, you know, right. fucking crazy. Yeah. That was a I great just... um, impersonation, though. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it's a really easy one. <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm impressed. But yeah, all right. So I want to see your. I want to get. I mean, I'm I'm obviously giving my takes all the time on on stories, which is like a safe space too. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that you think Instagram is a safe space. I never well, feel more threatened or triggered than on Instagram. At I, all times. People are intimidated to clap back at me. I think. 
<laughs> I think. I think yeah. I think maybe you like impose power, so like people don't like. That's why it's like safe for you because it's just like you're really just putting yourself out there. You're like, this is it. Like this is what I want to talk about. This is what I I'm thinking about. I'm glad that like, I'm glad to hear that reflected because I do see that the posts do well, but there's little interaction, and so sometimes right. I'm like, well, I think people are just like scared of uh, like we're talking about this right now. Like I think people are scared of conflict or yeah. like disagreement, and so yeah. even if someone sees your post and disagrees or is like doesn't really understand what's going on, I don't think culturally we're accustomed or encouraged to like interact in that way. Only when it's like a quick interaction, like those, you know, when you like see a story and you can react and it's like the clapping hands or the hearts or yeah. the whatever. I feel like that's as far as people are willing to go. That's true. Cause I, I also, I also feel like I don't want to like, I disagree with people all the time and I also feel like, I, and, and I've done it where I've been like, like I did tell someone that is a friend of mine that uh, I think got a little uh, upset or got, didn't know, understand, or it, it's still ho it still feels hostile, even though you're putting your opinion yeah. out like to to break yeah. that barrier. And I've had that done to me by someone we both know, and I'll tell you when we're off the air. But I don't Ooh. talk to that dude anymore. This guy used mm -hmm. to fucking um, he, so he used to post shit, or, or he used to read the articles, like take the time to read the articles that I posted, and then tell me that I misinterpreted the article. And mm -hmm. I would argue my, like, you know, like, for example, we got into a thing about Assange and he was like, well, mm -hmm. he's an activist. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean he's not a journalist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. like those aren't mutually exclusive. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, 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 and basically like, yeah, it, it was a weird thing because it was just this yeah. whole thing. And I tried to hang out with him. I'd invited mm -hmm. him to go to shows and stuff like that. And then like. And then it just became this thing. I was like, bro, this is fucking rude. Man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's so like, weird. You guys were frenemies. It wasn't even that. I I don't know. I it, I think it, it was definitely a Michigan, like, white privilege thing where, like, I feel I like. I mean, honestly, I feel like I, this is, I'm not, no, I don't want to say it. You keep going. You, you keep going. And then maybe no, I'll say what I, I think want that, I mean, I think, all right. One of the things that I've been coming a across a lot lately is that is people, like, wanting to insist on my my white privilege which i never fucking deny i never talk right. about myself like i'm an oppressed fucking minority what yeah. i do acknowledge is that sometimes people think i look middle eastern and that we treat mm -hmm. middle eastern people a little shitty because yeah. <laughs> because yeah. people are literally relieved when they look at me and they find out that my name is javier and they're like oh my god i thought you were an arab like <laughs> you know and what's the fuck that's like a micro yeah, that's, i don't yeah. deserve <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. that's crazy and then um, they also forget that i'm cuban from florida and like that shit ain't popular around there yeah. you know like if you leave miami it's not like the most popular thing so i have a bit of an understanding of these things and so it's it's but it but to me the most important thing about like my cultural identity is that like there's like a, a disruption in my family there like i'm a product of a diaspora mm -hmm. and there's like been a like huge cultural war with mm -hmm. me uh, or like with, with with even my own people because the people that left cuba mm -hmm. that live in miami are all the people that were like pro free market you know republican whatever right. you know and it's funny because they're like maybe some of the least bigoted they're still somewhat bigoted. I'm not like giving them cover because they use the N word and shit like that in Miami. Right. But, um, but like in terms of like actual hatred, right. Towards mm -hmm. like black people, 
and towards towards specifically what I I mean that one's a little harder of of an argument because it, there are serious there is serious <laughs> racism in Miami. I'm not trying to minimize that, but homophobia is not really a thing. Oh wow! You know, mm-hmm. like my because all the kids are fucking gay. <laughs> Everyone's gay. <laughs> like, that's, there's that's a lot of gay bad. humans, bro. I'm not even gonna front. Like, <laughs> there's a lot of gays everywhere. <laughs> I know, but like, but because they, it was in Miami, and you know what? Like, dude, my, my you you I talked to my dad about that shit, and you mm-hmm. being a Cuban in Miami, like he was called the f word all the time, right? So like, what's the f word? F A G. Oh, okay. I was yeah. thinking, what's the F word? You know, like Be so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't even get me started. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, there's the yeah. There's like a, a, literally a propaganda station that just plays anti-Castro propaganda, and it's funded by the CIA. And I used to work in in uh, like it's it's a deep thing, dude. And, okay, so I used to work as a temp in this uh, hospital. Mm-hmm. And there was this Cuban guy, and all he did was listen to that fucking political talk radio, you so know. Weird. And I'm not even throwing shade because I listen to a lot of politics. I'm not like yeah. I don't think politics is exclusively negative, but um, right. But it's like, but this is like literally CIA funded, yeah, pr- propaganda. And my parents always thought like that's some spy shit. Don't fuck with mm-hmm. that, you right, know. Right. Like that's either Cuban spies funding that to make to 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 figure out who's in the rebellion like it goes my mom dated a fucking spy when my parents were split up for a little while Ah. this guy who was a professor at fiu it was revealed and she told me like that she had dated him it was fucking revealed that he was taking like fiu students to cuba and like indoctrinating or whatever the fuck i forget the details of the story but like him and his wife like they were fucking it was like a big deal (laughs) especially in miami so 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 for me that shit like that's where kind of like i'm not a white american you know like right. i'm a white latino 100 mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. right like if we're in mexico i'm sure i'll have a very different treatment than you will just right. because just from what i've heard you get what right. i'm saying i'm acknowledge mm-hmm. i acknowledge that fully but like right. i have i have friends that are like that are like yeah no you don't get to talk about racism i'm like bro that's it's just so dumb like i just i kind of hate it i think like i said everyone's so scared of saying the wrong thing that they don't say anything and i feel like well telling me that i don't that denying my experience i think is something that shouldn't be said (laughs) for sure i don't know it's just it really has come to like i feel like the most reductive most like basic lame way of thinking about others and like language and identity and it's like it's almost like people are like oh but you know like we don't want to talk about these things or we want to be inclusive but in that inclusivity they're just like completely shutting out a huge group of people who have questions and who want to talk about things or who don't necessarily subscribe to something and they have something to say and it's just like it's really frustrating for me and I yeah I think like we all have like conflicting thoughts or beliefs and that doesn't make us bad people. That doesn't make us like evil. And like, you know, it's, it's part of being human. I think you just have to think about these things and really reflect on them and put them out there. 
Well, and the, also the the reality is, you know, like it is sort of. I like what you said about being reductive because there is this sort of we care about indigenous people we care about mm. but if they disagree with you politically in terms of like if they disagree with dems who virtue signal yeah. the hardest on that shit, yeah yeah like so it's this weird um dichotomy and i think that that's sort of the mechanism of like you can't speak for other people's experiences no i'm sorry i can speak for a lot of latin american experiences a hundred percent i share a lot of the relationship that mexicans have with the united states Right. as a citizen right yeah. like you know i have i i understand that i have passport privilege i understand that yeah. i'm i'm much whiter than you a hundred percent right and right. and so so it's but at the same time like it's a way of silencing the arguments being made against the political establishment it's a way of right. of sort of it's 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 further white supremacy because now mm. the white people get to determine what the terms are of the conversation totally. because, you know and so yeah. it, it is a baffling thing yeah but but you know these conversations i'm finding are so much like more therapeutic than going to galleries right because now like, <laughs> like yeah I, I i i was talking to emily who's from monte vista projects emily blythe jones and i was telling her like you know, I, for my own sake, need to fucking chill the fuck out at being angry at Dems because like, <laughs> because it, it yeah. is a matter of propaganda, right? And, totally. and, 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 but, but this, that, this is where the rage comes from. This is where the hurtfulness comes from. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't care about kids in cages anymore. You don't right. care, you know, and like, and bro, oh. the, uh, I don't know if you saw the last thing that I posted, but like they fucking, the, the, <clears throat> the, um, what was the last thing that I posted? <laughs> the, 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 they, they haven't charged anyone with insurrection mm -hmm. for the, so it was just a fucking protest. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's all it was. Yeah. And, and then you had people like people that I respect on Instagram that I follow, like just calling out motherfuckers being like, FBI needs to get this white guy. FBI. And I'm like, bro, That's so <laughs> you're using the mechanisms that uh, oppress brown people to like oppress yeah. other people. And that doesn't add freedom that takes it away. Right. Totally. Like, like you're yeah. just empowering. And then now they now fucking th these people uh, fund more uh, capital police. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weird thing is that I feel like also the way like like the way it's it's played out kind of like relating to what you're saying is that there's no longer an aspiration for like a creative way of looking at the future it's just implementing the systems that were already there and like applying them in like a woke way and it's like it's not woke if it's still like fucking people up you know you saw, you saw <laughs> did you see the woke cia that's a great point did you see the woke cia uh, uh um uh promotional video they did they, they had a latina no. talking about how like she's oh my god i can't wish shit like that it really bothers me okay so i live in boyle heights and they just did um what was it it's like a beer it was uh i think it was Tecate or something i can't remember but they did like a legends of boyle heights and they just like recorded the mariachis in the plaza and like the little lady working and like my boyfriend's friend, he's a skater who has skated here forever. So they recorded him and they did an interview. And it's it's just so fucked up because it's like this 
like fetishizing of that and like but also like this affirmation that they're an other and that they must remain in like their ghetto and that in their ghetto they remain whimsical and like we were talking about that and it's so fucked up and like my boyfriend's friend is like you know a dreamer and is having all these issues with like applying for jobs and like all this shit is coming up but like the got there whoever did the video doesn't give a shit they only give a shit about him being brown and like remaining fetishized in that way and yeah. it's it just makes me that shit really heats me up that's when i start getting really angry because then i see other brown people being like this is so cool and i'm like no <laughs> that's not cool <laughs> what do you think of uh of uh the tecate no the dos equis the most interesting man that's a latino there Right. I didn't. I don't know what that is. It's the. It's the. He's the most interesting man in the world. He speaks. Uh, what's it called? Oh, I think he I speaks know what French you're and about. Russian. <laughs> I mean, those were fun. They, they, but but they were still kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're definitely weird, but at least they're like dumb. You know what I mean? They're like yeah, 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 forwardly yeah. dumb and like. Well, I thought of it because I was thinking of like what would like. It's almost kind of like a hot rail to even have a person of color because if you had a CEO drinking Tecate, that's pandering too, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like I, I was during the pandemic, I rewatched all of America's Next Top Model. <laughs> I, was, I was in an episode badly. on one season because I was dating an executive producer shut up yeah. i didn't see you uh, i was Which in a fashion I, I mean the uh, well i look different i had hair so that you, you may have missed me uh okay. it's on my it's i think it's on my facebook okay send it to me i'm so curious i love america's <laughs> next time model i mean it's like aged so badly there's so much super problematic it. now but i was i was like i would hang out and like watch these women get interviewed i went to palm springs while they were doing a casting no. Uh, oh it, God, it was so it, cool. it was it was fun to see that shit behind the scenes. I was at Times Square when they did a a, a, a thing where they put them on a billboard. Oh, so, nice! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. That sounds yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but it was just weird because it was like the all. I mean, production in in uh, this will shock no one, and I'm not speaking ill anyone, but it was such gossip. <laughs> like oh, really? that circle was so gossipy, and all they did was talk about like. You know, like they wanted to, like they had a, a a sense of like pride and ownership over the girls, so that there was a genuine. But they were so like they were also it, they were like the worst of the TikTok or Facebook algorithms, you know, where it's like mm -hmm. they were just mm -hmm. going like stirring shit up. <laughs> oh my God, that's crazy. It, does look, it looks very catty, and I also feel like the show was the way they presented it was so weird because you only got like shoots and like elimination but there seemed to be all this shit brewing with the girls but you never really know what happened um I don't, but i think i was i brought up america's next top model up because i feel like you could never make a show like that now like you just can't isn't it, it would, still it's still on isn't it yeah but it's changed so much like they have the boys new, and girls they have boys and girls and also like the they don't tyrus like woke now i mean her wokeness is so funny to me like i remember in one of the most recent seasons she she did a shoot for homeless people where she like had homeless people pose with the models and the models would be like in couture and they would be like bringing awareness to It was too good. So, but this is what I mean. Like, I feel like Tyra is, they're not going to give her a budget to make like 10 more seasons because the way she understands like awareness and like representation and like 
inclusivity is so outdated and it belongs yeah. to like the early 2000s well the victoria's secret models like that shit's gone so out of favor yeah yeah like victoria's secret is basically obsolete now now it's yeah. all like fenty and lex lex wesner who was fucking homies with uh with what's it called um epstein oh He's, I mean, dude, he's the dude that gave him the fucking power of attorney, bro. Tell me that guy wasn't fucking cool girls. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the other thing, see, this is the problem that none of these, none of the things that I'm into are, are popular parties. (laughs) Right. Right. But like, I can't talk about cults at a fucking party. At an art party, maybe. You should. No, I do. I I fuck it. I I do. I wreck parties all the time. (laughs) Yeah, I recently wrecked a party too, but it was like super unintentional. It was for Halloween. I posted the video of me, uh, the recreating Chandino Sanchez's death. And it yeah, was actually- I, I researched that shit after that. That was great. I, w- I was like, who the fuck is this? This was, I'm so glad you did that. That was like a, a little <laughs> but, art okay. piece, historical, <laughs> educational art piece. Well, the funny thing though is that, so my costume was Shalino and then one of my friends at the party was like, we should just do this. So he came up with the idea. But when we were doing it, people were so annoyed because we like took over the ox cord and we were like, nobody talk, quiet, quiet and set. And like everyone was so fucking pissed, but we were having so much fun. Um, but yeah, like, you know, aesthetics come before fun. So we just had to disrupt that party as yeah. you should with cults. <laughs> cult talk comes before fun <laughs> if we haven't talked about cults in our friendship like i, 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 I mean this so. in, no i mean this in general if it hasn't come up i don't know uh, we just haven't talked long enough <laughs> <laughs> you're like i don't fucking know you <laughs> yeah i'm not like i just like oh we don't have to talk about cults i i, I actually I, I wanna, ex- I explain to people chip but I okay. But do explain. I want you to get back to explaining Chilino Martinez because nobody it's really Sanchez. knows that. Sh- Sanchez, sorry. Sanchez. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, well, okay. So what were you gonna say? I was gonna say last night I went over to my friend's house and we were talking about like, okay, so blah blah blah. blah. Let's rewind a little bit. So Day of the Death just happened. Dia de los Muertos. I put up my altar, um, which is like a little offering we do in Mexico. I don't know if you guys do it in Cuba too, but dude, we're fun. Um, we got we got Santeria. I mean, I'm not a Santero, but like, right. yeah, there's yeah, there, there's year round altars. Oh right, right. Know? So, but we have like more, we have year round altars too, but our year round altars are more uh, Christian or like Catholic, like colonized altars. And then day of the dead is like the very indigenous, like very big, grandiose altar. So I did my altar this year. My friend Aura is like, she's very, she's really cool. She's like very intense. She's like, I don't know. She has like a weird relationship to the spiritual world. Like she's dreamed about people dying like three times and then they die within a week or something. And I'm like, that's so fucking crazy to me. But um, she definitely is in tune with some other shit that I don't understand. Or I'm not even sure that I believe in it. But with, when I'm with her, I'm like, wow, this is really intense. Um, anyways, we were talking about Day of the Dead because she was having these like crazy dreams during those days. And I had these really insane, scary dreams exactly the day when like the spirits are supposed to come. Um, and then we started talking about like elves 
because she took a photo of me in the park and there was like a little elf in the photo and we're so sure it's like an elf and there's like that. And then we also started talking about like the vaccines and by no means am I like an anti-vaxxer because I already had my vaccines, but I don't think I'm going to get the booster shot. It just seems so like politicized at this point that I'm just like, dude, if I'm still going to get COVID, I'm still going to get COVID. Like, I don't even know. I, I just feel so, it's so conflicting. And I almost feel like very self-conscious of saying that or putting it out there in the world, but it's just like how I feel. Well, um, I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And just to put some uh, uh, factual basis behind that, like uh, Canada has banned Moderna. Yeah. Uh, they, they have banned it for uh, men, uh, I think 18 to something because it causes myocarditis or some shit like that to your heart. Right. Uh, there's a lot of people that ha have uh, long haul COVID as a result of being vaccinated and they don't right. fucking talk about this, you know, like yeah. uh, because they want to make money off the vaccine. Yeah, uh, that's yeah. my take on it. Uh, but I, I may still take the booster. I don't know. Yeah. And so I'm not telling yeah. uh, this is not advice for anybody, but I definitely think that there are things that are concerning. One other thing that I've seen is that people like the vaccine isn't being administered correctly by uh, CDC regulations. Technically, you're supposed to aerate mm -hmm. the vaccine. You're supposed to put the vaccine because you're supposed to inject it into muscles. This is all I think is stuff that I've heard from qualified people. There's this guy who's a um, he's a PhD. I think his name is Dr. John something. But um, so he so he says that the CDC recommends that you just you don't aerate that you just inject it. But if you inject it intravenously, it's not effective or some shit. You, mm -hmm. It has to be injected muscularly. So you, what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to in, put the syringe in. And again, this is not medical advice. Don't follow my advice. This is all uh, just what my, what my, what, what my research that I'm not supposed to do has told me is that I might not even have had, I actually, technically I didn't have the vaccine injected correctly because you're supposed to aerate it to make sure that you're not hitting a vessel or you're not that you're not hitting any like the, that no blood comes back up right, right. um the opposite of what heroin people do like right. heroin users do they like to, to make like they want to hit the vein right. we want to make sure we haven't hit the vein right uh, because if it goes into the vein it's not effective so right. i didn't have that done to me a lot of people in the u.s aren't even having the a vaccine i like, don't even remember i feel like i was closing my eyes when i got my vaccine i was just like so I don't know if they did yeah, it right. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but they didn't do it. They probably didn't do it right because it's like, yeah. so anyway, there's, there's so much shit. And the idea that you're going to listen to like, remember, okay. How, how about this for an argument? Okay. Again, this is not medical advice, but how about this for an argument? Who put all the black people in prison? Who put all the Latinos in prison? Was it, right. was it big pharma? Yeah, it was big pharma. Right. Yeah. And so we're going to trust what they fucking tell us about right. their products it's just so fucked up like who everything got, who got motherfuckers like, on heroin i know it's so fucked <laughs> up like but this wasn't my point talking about like elves and like the vaccine and all these like things i feel like the way i used to see the world before was like there's like you know fantasy and there's facts and now everything feels like a cult everything feels like i should be skeptical of it and, and that's good i mean i think we should see the world with curiosity and constantly question things around us. But it's also very like alarming that we are so aware of how we're getting fucked over consistently that we can no longer trust people with anything, like yeah. not our health nor our, our well-being. Like there's all these like fucked up shit 
at all times. Well, even um, Biden and Fauci and all of that, like it's it's yeah. blatantly political. All those people, yeah. Nancy Pelosi, all those people, there's videos of them saying during the Trump years and there's videos of everybody saying during the Trump years that they won't fucking trust the vaccine. Yeah. And that also, mandates yeah. and that there was that, that you couldn't do mandates. And now that they're in yeah. power, it's like it's a brainwashing, dude. It's so fucked up. And also like all the photos of them like not wearing masks when the cameras are off, but then when the cameras are on, they put their mask on. They don't like, have Mexican vaccine mandates for them and their bitch. staff. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry for cutting up. I was just gonna talk shit about AOC because I hate her. <laughs> I was just you saw what say, I, like I, her I, being Yeah, uh, go go, go ahead. I wanna talk I wanna hear because because if I do it it's a little different. <laughs> but you are a woman of color. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just hate her so much. The funny thing is that when she came up I was really excited about her and I had hope, I guess. But um now i'm just like bro shut the fuck up like seriously just like go back to being a bartender nobody cares really like nobody cares um yeah i'm just annoyed by her and and i feel like she's the how do you say this word epitome she's mm -hmm. the epitome of like just uh pc language empty discourse virtue signaling yeah. and like uh the American dream uh, narrative. I don't know. She's just so annoying to me. And she's hot, which makes it more annoying because like... Have you seen the uh, the other chick, the Rojas? No. Alexandra Rojas. She's uh, one of the DSA directors. She's hot as shit too. She's a hottie? Okay, yeah. I'll Google her. I mean, I guess what annoys me the most about how attractive she is is that I feel attracted to her and I'm like, but I hate her. Yeah. And then also I feel like... How do you think all the fucking Republicans? Why do you think she's such a star? <laughs> like, like, Fuck you, AOC! <laughs> Jerking off. But also, like, I'm just... I, it's funny to me because she wants to be like, I'm so marginalized. And blah, blah, blah. But it's like, no, you're hot. Like, people love you. People love to look at you. People love to have you around. People want you to, like, like be like, you're a bad boy. You've done this. Like, people want that from you. You're, like, consistently reaffirming that fetish fetishization. So yeah. I'm not just fucking hate her. And that dress she wore was the ugliest shit I've ever seen. Like, I've looked better on my worst days. I was like, this is just, if you're going to go to the Met Gala, just, like, go to the Met Gala. Like, stop with the fucking performative shit. Like, I'm just so over it, you know? I, uh... I think I lost followers because I was, uh, I, I, and I was just like, I feel like if I lose followers sometimes based on things that I post, because I was just like, I was like, people were saying dumb shit. Like she's making these people think I'm like, these people don't fucking think they don't have yeah. empathy, dude. Yeah. So, so like, I just call that shit out. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. So, you, you know, sometimes one thing that I will do that is maybe a little bit petty is like, if I feel like someone's calling me out in their stories, I'll post a story <laughs> telling that, like their point of view out. And on that one, I, I there was like a tit for tat where I was like, oh, you don't get what I was saying. And then I posted my story and I just went on a fucking tirade about how like. That's funny. It, <laughs> I mean, is this, are we just pathetic for like loving this shit? <laughs> for I loving that, the drums? I don't know. I think that it's happened to me before that, like, like for example, I got into an Instagram beef at where this one was funny, where this right. woman, woman got mad at me for calling her bro. And I guess she had been butthurt about a com conversation we had had about politics because like, you know, wait, she got mad at you because you called her bro. 
Yeah, yeah. And then I was like, bro, that's so, that's so fucking bigoted. You were like, bro, <laughs> stop, bro. <laughs> Don't be mad. I'm bro. like, dude, that's how we talk. Like, you can't just be like, I'm a feminist. And that and and your culture is 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 misogynist. And I'm like, I literally can't. You know, and and, and I, that's actually a huge problem I have because I feel like a lot of like, you know, there's like so much liberal racism that's co that 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 is covered up as feminism right like i'm not a huge fan of uh 100%, 100%. i'm not a huge fan of Il ilhan omar anymore i was i was very much suckered into believing that she was like actually you know because of her background as a refugee yeah my parents yeah, yeah, are refugee yeah. i relate to that uh and and um and so she said some really important things there about like um uh el mozote in in congress on the record she's she confronted i, I forget who it was it was uh I, i'm the only name that i can think of is john schultz was the guy that wrote one of the articles for the intercept about um that about the history of el mozote which is like a fucking massacre that we were part of but anyway so this is a woman who's like been through shit and and liberals and sh like several times liberals have tried to make her answer the question of is she for or no they made her they because she's muslim they made her condemn female genital mutilation which is like mm -hmm. the most fucking racist thing you could possibly yeah. do yeah but being to associate you know that's like being like making everybody uh everybody who's white um condemn nazis every time they open their fucking right. mouth you know like but see, but i feel like they like i think that's what a lot of like this um like woke culture does though it's like everything that has happened if you relate to it in a like cultural way or somehow you're the way you look signals to it you're responsible for that history which is really strange to me yeah, you know what I mean? and I think I think that that is probably like it's also probably important to point out because I know this just peripherally, but I imagine the term woke originally probably referred to you know like just based on what I know about what the origins of the I know that the five percent nation is probably is problematic now and they're working with Scientology, but mm -hmm. uh, but um, you know the idea of like I like cults. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm gonna make you a shirt that says I like cold. Yeah. I love shirts on the Kiran. Wait, okay, random question, but I've always wanted to ask you this, so this is the perfect time to ask you. How do you feel about the red scare? What's the red scare? The podcast? It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think they're fine. I, I, I yeah, like them. Yeah. I mean I, I haven't really gotten into them. I know that they had a, a, a they they get caught in scandals and stuff and they yeah. beef with other podcasts, which is maybe like uh like i do like their fuck you attitude i think they are kind of badass they're uh, really funny yeah they're really funny and they're really smart <laughs> yeah. i i know that tim dylan really likes him i kind of like tim dylan a lot i think that he's he, he's he does he, he's like he does this satirical um thing where he like he talks about how much he'll do stupid shit like how great the CIA is. You know, he, he like it, when when we were pulling out of Af Afghanistan, he commemorated it. It's like my first war. You know, it's like, and then so what's weird. really? I'm not I'm not like a big podcast freak, so I only know like you and the Red Scare, and then like nothing. Well, else. I'm in very good company. That's amazing. <laughs> that's no, it. I think like, that's that's I, I they're not in I, you know what I I get into my ruts I basically mostly just listen to the last podcast on the left 
over and right. over and over again. I listen, okay. I you know, like, yeah. and and I wish that I could come up with a show that's that listenable because, right. you know, like, I mean, I think maybe this show is probably listenable, but I don't think that I would listen to, like, the podcast I did or even this episode, like, 30 times just yeah. because the way that his, that show is structured is, like, it, it's like a history show, right, mm -hmm. about true crime. So... Mm -hmm. There oh, is cool. like, I should listen to it. Oh, dude, it's amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. it'll fucking okay. it's 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 about dark soul shit, though. Like, you know, and I, I think that like, um, I think I've said this before, but I think that the reason I'm into true crime is because I like uh, I've always been like I've always I, mean, I have OCD and I have always mm -hmm. had like serious mental health, like depression issues as a result. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Now that I'm medicated and happy, like there's still a familiarity with dark shit. <laughs> totally. That never goes away. Like yeah. even if you're just emo for one year of your life, you will forever be like the darkness within For our generation it was goth, but point <laughs> I'm emo. I'm still emo. I seem very happy, but I'm really I'm an emo girl. Yeah, emo, what is emo? Okay, because that's like a millennial term. So explain emo to me. Emo's like goth. You're just like sad and misunderstood. But you're not you dressed just, like... in like black, are you? Oh, well, yeah. Hardcore emo people are like dressed in black, like wear their hair to the side, are like very sad, listen to really sad music. And I'm like, I feel like obviously I'm not that kind of emo. If I want to, I could be, but I'm more of like a like a passionate emo, you know what I mean? Like it just- You're like, very passionate. I love, I, I get the passion. Yeah, I get I'm like the passion a passionate for you. emo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't necessarily have to put it out there because it's always brewing within me, you know? Do you feel like you're becoming militant politically? Mm, I mean, what's militant to you? Well, that's a great question because that's such an interesting term. But mm. I think that ultimately it means um, just like, I think, I don't even know. The, uh, I think that it is definitely a way of, I think that like it comes from maybe the Black Panthers or maybe mm -hmm. it's been around longer. So I don't mm -hmm. want to like uh, get myself in trouble, but I think yeah. that maybe some of that was about, because uh, I know that Fred Hampton was a, was a Black Panther. So he was very mm -hmm. much about, um, you know, uniting people that, like the, that the dispossessed like it was he was his his whole thing was class war yeah. and that's why he got killed yeah, uh, yeah yeah martin luther king again was so if i ever get successful i might get killed <laughs> if it, or not successful but if i if i ever become an activist and like actually yeah. manage to to fucking break the republican yeah. democrat divide that makes no sense because like you will I don't, die yeah but at least now it's on on tape so now yeah when you oh, die that, post it you know you know how <laughs> and all, that will be as militant as i get <laughs> one of the things that i've learned from uh and 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 we can keep talking about militant i think militant just means like willing to like be in your face about it right and right. and i think but i think it became a term where it's like oh god he's so militant right yeah like, like it's right, a right, right. Right now. yeah 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 but it's interesting because i think that like it's so interesting to just be like well, no, you guys are militant. You've got the biggest right. military in the world. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, I think like the answer to that question for me would be no. I'm not like a militant political person. I'm very um, disengaged. 
I'm I'm like aware, but I don't really put my opinion out there. I just kind of sit with it and reflect, and I try to be as aware of. Wait, hold on, rewind. I I find it hard to believe believe that you only have conversations like this with me. Well, not just with you, but with my close friends, like with okay. my and and also very. You don't have to put blast it all. Have conversations like this with everyone. But you you don't have to blast. Obviously, no. I don't for me, militant the way I see it is like you're an activist. I know, but to me, militant means like. You're like holding guns, you know. <laughs> Just kidding. Like, no, yeah, yeah, I think that is the origin. I think that is the origin. Yeah. I think I but think part of the problem was like, that the Black Panthers were ha- walking around with assault rifles, and that's what was totally. And it's out. like I think I think being militant is like being truly radical and willing to put the cause before you. And I definitely am not a militant oh, yeah. person. No, in no, that no. Sense. I, that's yeah. That capitalist programming is uh, is well becoming exposed in myself. <laughs> yeah, like and, as and as as we get more desperate, and I just yeah. and I I, like, I just want to go rewind and go back because I said that right. it was a problem that the Black Panthers were carrying guns. I actually don't believe that. I meant in the terms yeah. of like the state found it to be a problem, and that's yeah. why they brought heroin and crack. Yeah. And anyway, go go ahead with yeah. what you were saying. Well, I also was gonna say like I think activists now are like i'm militant because i'm enforcing they them pronouns and i'm calling people out when they're like doing this or that and it's like that's not really militant to me like sure that is part of your activism or whatever but like how can you be so or i mean it's just it's like a it's very conflicting i think because sometimes i get really frustrated with the whole you know feminist ideal or uh fight in the u.s because it it appears to be like so inclusive or whatever but their problems are first world problems and and even within that context they're not looking at like poor black people in the ghettos when they talk about like inclusivity and blah 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 and i'm like there's like women over there who are like you know who need like financial help who need child care who need all these things and those are not being provided, but you seem to be putting these things first. And to me, that's really conflicting. So I don't know. I feel like being militant now is just so obsolete. <laughs> yeah, I, I. it is. It's, it's also kind of a weird thing where I feel like a lot of energy is co-opted through social media where like people right. feel like they're doing more than they're doing, myself included. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I feel, I guess like, the reason I don't uh, do what I do on Instagram stories uh, on um, on Twitter is because I don't want to be responsible for any ideas catching fire. <laughs> right. I don't you know, even have a Twitter, which yeah. is crazy. I feel like I should get one. Well, but I'm but I, not necessarily Twitter, but like not even like the, like everything that I do is non permanent, right? Because, right, right, because, right, right. Because I, and and not shareable because. I don't necessarily. Also, your want... stories are not shareable. I've never noticed that. Oh, are they shareable? I think you can only I share. Know. I think you can only share stories if you're if you're tagged in them. No. No, you can share stories. Like I can send your story to like my friend if I wanted to. Oh, cool. Well, then do. Yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 either way, it's only up for twenty four hours. So if they don't see it by right. the time it's up, it's not like it's gonna fucking yeah. you know. Now I'm dealing with TikTok. I'm actually working on TikTok, and I post I posted oh, something, and I didn't think like, uh, no, I'm doing it for, as a job. I'm doing for oh. for a po- for another podcast called the Vietnamese, okay. which is really fun because 
that's another communist country. I'm learning a lot, bro. I'm learning right. a lot about America. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's uh, I know. there's this dude that he was adopted by, uh, and like, uh, like his parents that adopted him were were they had a friend who was in uh, Vietnam, and they were like, "Hey, do you want us to bring you back one?" <laughs> and like, like they were they they were, and then there's something called the baby lift. Operation Babylift, which I don't even know. I haven't researched it, but ba essentially they were fucking stealing Vietnamese babies. <laughs> Didn't that happen to Colombian babies too? Essentially Everywhere. to every like It's so fucking crazy. And then on the other end, you have like now you have Mexicans throwing their kids over the border because they yeah. know they're not that the government isn't gonna like you know, and not just Mexicans, Hondurans, everywhere, yeah. like Latin Americans from everywhere are fucking you know, and motherfuckers forget. That yeah. like that that people from where I'm from hop on to boats, rafts, whatever the fuck. They yeah. hope to catch the uh, tr there's there's a current that they try to catch, but if they catch it and they stay on it too long, they're just thrown out to the Atlantic. So there's there's this organization called El Brothers to the Rescue, Hermanos al Rescate, which are fucking like I, I bet you they're Republicans, right? But they're going out and they're trying to save those people. And so Obama, it used to be like, you know, and I, I always like to talk about Cuban privilege because Cubans, because we came from a communist cult country, got full citizenship, you know, like they, uh, yeah. uh, they got treated the best of any Latin American country that was victim of their policy. Mm -hmm. uh, say what you want about Castro. And we can talk a little bit about um how Richard Wolff defines uh, the new phase in socialism, uh, uh, but but basically, <laughs> yeah, man, motherfuckers would are so hungry over there, and we mm -hmm. can debate about why they're that hungry, right? Like, I definitely think that the embargo helps. There was yeah. uh, there was a period in it, um, during the Obama years where like motherfuckers were saying like, "Oh, I want to go to Cuba before we ruin it." You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard, yeah, 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 yeah. I heard it for sure. Yeah, yeah. And 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 it's just all so fucking funny to me uh, how like, you know, like and then like it's okay to be racist against Russians. <laughs> you know, who are ethnically Asian, or you? They have. There's like this weird, like, or not ethnically Asians, but you get what I'm saying. Like, they're yeah. they're they're intermixed with like they're not just white people, you know? Like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know what to say about shit like that because I feel like, like I'm saying, things have become so reductive where if you look a certain way, people just assume shit about you and they just put a historical weight onto your body and your context. And it's so dumb. There's like no room for you to actually present yourself or your ideas anymore. You kind of have to tiptoe. And in that way, within my like margin or like my, um, como se diría? like my not privileged because I'm a brown Mexican indigenous woman, I feel really privileged to be a Mexican brown indigenous woman now because now everything about me is like virtue signaling, you know? And it's yeah. like, no, brown people can be evil. Indigenous people can be evil. Like our cult, like our ancestral culture was like crazy. It was like decapitation and like all of these beliefs, those, these very like violent rituals were a part of us, but somehow like we don't talk about that. We just talk about how 
we love nature and like the stars and our our hair and don't touch my hair and i'm like i don't i don't care like i really don't i can touch your hair anyone can touch my hair but is your hair that like is isn't that more of like a black uh, person thing no indigenous people are really like sensitive about that yeah yeah for sure i mean because there's like a lot of spirituality that goes into it you know um like hair it's a rabbit's foot (laughs) (laughs) i don't know let me get some of your magical hair juice (laughs) (laughs) it's like so weird because i don't have tiktok but i spend a lot of time on my like explore page on instagram and i get a lot of tiktoks there and there's this girl who's like an indigenous girl from canada she she makes all these tiktoks about like colonization but it's like they're like 30 seconds long and it's like really cringe it's like cringe chorus fuck cringe core um, what's like, that is that a thing i just i like saying core after everything okay. so i'll be like like if i'm with a baby, no cringe core like, sounds like the best fucking imagine a, a, a <laughs> metal band that that was cringe core like <laughs> yeah so anything is like core like mommy core or like cringe core ghetto mommy core. core sounds more to me like a, 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 a you know like ripped mothers that are like marines you know, like the, the, the mommy core. <laughs> right, right. Soldier. Yeah. Anyways, um, but I saw this TikTok about this guy who was talking about his hair and how when he brushes his hair, he speaks his intentions for the day or whatever. And he's like, you know, abundance or whatever as he's braiding his hair. And then he says, like, whenever someone wants to touch his hair, he asks their, he asks what their intentions are before they do. And I'm like, that's so intense. Like I could never do that. I guess culturally I get it. If that's part of like your belief system and the way you like operate within like a group, but globally it's like, what? Like, it just seems so far removed from me and like, so mythical and performative at this point that I'm just like, I don't know. I just, I didn't grow up like that. So I don't care if like, yeah, and I, I bet you there's a lot of reinforcing that's happening there where it's like there's there's feedback that's coming in of like mostly white people going like, oh, you're so brave, you know? And that's so beautiful. Yeah, totally, 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 yeah. No. I posted yeah. one about uh, a, a TikTok about um, – basically, I just pulled clips from his show. And, and, uh, and so there was this conversation mm-hmm. about how like if you think about it, like whenever we see a movie about the Vietnam War – the Viet- South Vietnamese are like minor characters. It's all about the impact of like, you know, and and, yeah, so, yeah. and it, one of my favorite comments that I received is this woman going like, wow, y'all get left out of your shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is not a Vietnamese person who just yeah. like, and I was like, oh, yes, yes. So <laughs> that was my reaction too when I heard that. So I was like. I've heard, I've heard TikTok's wild. Like I've heard TikTok is like the well, place that- to be now. But that that's the thing, dude. Well, the the amount of eyeballs on just like even dumb posts is insane. Yeah, I know. Of my like, sister is like TikTok famous, which is so weird because she's like not. I mean, she's poor. No shade to no shade <laughs> to you, Mary. I love you, but she's not very like amusing to me. She'll like post videos of her food and her boyfriend, and I'm like, who cares? It's like literally. It's a fucking mystery how that shit works. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but you were talking about like the TikTok, my impression of TikTok is that there it's like ninety nine percent bullshit. Like ninety nine percent people, you know, like there's like TikToks about giants, 
right and oh, like they'll, and people will like do hoaxes about that stuff and they'll have like millions of followers and then there's going to be other people that are the debunkers of that shit right and to me it's so hilarious because there's this whole discourse about misinformation right now and it's fucking rampant yeah <laughs> rampant on tiktok now that you say that i feel like it's like because of tiktok and shit like that and it's now I can even relate it to like virtue signaling and wokeness and like militancy. Everyone needs to create a persona that is like, like Lady Gaga, like Lady Gaga needs to be like Lady Gaga. Otherwise she's just like a normal ass person. But now everyone has to do that for themselves in like, yeah. if they want to blow up. Or I like, am what's my thesis. <laughs> yeah. You're what's my thesis. I really am just myself, but I feel like if I wanted to, I could be like, no, you're not yourself. You're Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> I know I do. I have a finsta that no one knows about, and I will not reveal it. But um, my finsta is where I really like, you know. You blow I up. Really, I I I bloom. Um, Wait, but no, do, you, only, do you show? Do you post pictures of yourself in your finsta? No. I mean, yeah, my finsta is like horny. Like it's just like my horniness, pretty much. And it's just like I only have like twenty followers, and I'm very like. Is it private? Like, it's not private. So if someone finds it, they can follow it. But I just. I don't want I want to see your horniness. Is that no. weird? <laughs> I mean, no, because I feel like a lot of people. I mean, Instagram is all that, you know, like. Yeah. 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 Also, yeah. And I feel like so for me, the way my main Instagram is like messy, because sometimes I'll be like very self-aware and I'll be like, I won't post like selfies. And I like I don't want to post selfies and I don't want to post me partying i'm just gonna post like wholesome things and like what i'm reading or whatever i have not found that to be the the, the my experience of your instagram but go ahead <laughs> what do you mean like do you think it's just like what, no I th I've, your... I've seen you make out with girls i've seen you drunk i've seen you well you know, that's I, what i mean like i get really self-conscious of this it one time i i <laughs> I'm going to reveal some ego here. This one time you went, your friend went live and I watched it and then you immediately were like, no, hang on. <laughs> and I was so flattered. Cause I, was, I was like, oh, she doesn't want me to see her eating shit, but I want to see it. <laughs> I don't remember. I was probably really drunk. No, you were probably drunk. <laughs> totally. But, that's, but that's to me, it was I so mean. funny because I was like, I was like, no, I want to see you be dumb. <laughs> This is why I'm here. I'm like so entertained by you as a person. And I'm a I don't know. That was, and I then mean, you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I, do you think I am like a, a natural born star? What's that? Say that again. You, you, you froze. Which is like, like very narcissistic of me. But I said, I think I'm a natural born star. That. But I also feel like, oh wait, can you, are, hear me? you do, dude, you fucking are. Like your your episode is super popular. People, t your oh. episode is one of the few that people talk to me about. You know, like th that are like, hey man, and 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 uh, you know, I know Sam Dybeck was was a yeah. Huge you come up in conversation. Yeah. You are a very charismatic yeah, person. Awesome. You're also a very beautiful person. Like your face is gorgeous, and 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 so so it's like. It, uh, there is, I could totally see you. I'm kind of trying to push you to be a star. <laughs> like, that's why I want you on the show because I, because, oh, yeah. you know, I know, like I'm, I'm here because I, I, you're here because of your star quality. I've been pursuing you to come back on the show for a year <laughs> because I know that you have it. So like, it's not narcissism. It's self-awareness. You are, you, you're very, well, I would... and you know, you know what, you know what it feels like. 
there's the when I when I watch your Instagram, it feels like mm -hmm. I have access to an experience that I don't I can't personally be a part of, right? Mm -hmm. I can't be a young woman in this mm -hmm. era where all of the things that have happened in my lifetime to sort mm -hmm. of platform you in the way that you are allowed to express yourself in the way that you're not in the mm -hmm. in the in, in the virtue the inherent virtue signal that you're right. a brown woman that that's a virtue signal just inherently yeah. is a fucking yeah. change in my lifetime you know yeah. if i talk yeah. to my mom who right now with her white hair looks like a white lady if you look at pictures of her she's tan as fuck you know like yeah those are those are experiences that i'm aware of through through my you know my sister got beat up in turkey but oh, no in in uh, in amsterdam by a woman on a bicycle who thought she was turkish oh my god that's so scary yeah and, and like that's god. a fucking traumatic experience and like i hear yeah. about these things right so they affect yeah. me directly because i'm I, totally i beat up a sister's ex-boyfriend yeah. Uh, you know so so like uh so so to me all of this stuff it, it it's like it's like you can't like hear about family shit so yeah. like for me to watch you just being cool because like right. you get to a certain age you can't be i can't be cool i don't that's not something no no i mean like that it's not a pursuit you get mm -hmm. I'm, I'm cool i i definitely mm -hmm. think that i'm a yeah. cool person right yeah cool becomes a different thing it's not yeah. about fashion so much anymore, but style is still yeah. relevant. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. if I try yeah. to be cool, it's cringe. Like, for example, <laughs> cringe core. You, 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 you were laughing. <laughs> you, you, it lovingly laughed at my uh, at my Halloween costume of myself as a raver. I love your Halloween costume. <laughs> it was so good. It was me when I was 17. But when I was 17, <laughs> that shit was sincere as fuck, and it was cool as shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 if I try yeah. to rock that now, well, it's actually you could do it because there's so many people who dress like that now. Like the nostalgia and fashion is so real. Yeah, but it, but that nostalgia I feel like is for the kids. To for live. the youth because they didn't get to live it if i'm like the, if yeah. i'm just an old hepcat if i if i, I <laughs> walk mean, around but i'll tell you what those pants know. were the most comfortable fucking pants i've worn nice. in a very long time yeah I was that like, was a really cool outfit <laughs> thank you thank you I'll, if you ever come party to be posted on my stories i expect you to be wearing those pants <laughs> and like that whole outfit just like just but, but but so so but but i think that that's an interesting thing because a lot of us there's like you know, I'm I'm also I also consume a lot of like model type and like I follow porn stars and stuff on Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. Um and all of those different little niches, like yours mm -hmm. does not feel performative. Yours feels very sincere. Right. And mm -hmm. and it is because you know, in in the same way that I am very much like uh putting myself out there. You put yourself out there in a very personal way. Like I ha I'm much more exposed than you because i do yeah for show, sure right yeah and, and so and i become a little bit more comfortable with it over the years because i'm like yeah i'm going to make people cringe i make myself yeah, cringe. But, well that's the thing i think a okay so let's talk about cringe because i feel like i i during like before the pandemic i was way more like not into myself i was like still processing years of people telling me i was shit so I could and never you talked like, about it last time. You used yeah, to be called exactly. a Twinkie. You yeah, used... and all this shit. Well, actually, yeah. you called yourself a Twinkie. You were you you were saying I'm a Twinkie. I forgot that. Yeah. I call myself a Twinkie. That doesn't sound like I would call myself a Twinkie. You were saying it like playfully, but you were like, 
like you were describing your body that way, which which is interesting. That yeah, I'm glad that you feel so. No, but I'm glad that that feels so far removed. And this could just be a bad so just misremembered. But but uh, I, I mean, maybe I used a similar term to Twinkie, but that seems so odd to me that I said Twinkie. Well, I, I remember it because that. Twinkie is like. I remember why it stuck to me is because it was like it was it's a yellow thing, <laughs> and I'm like that's a weird. That, I I like the empowerment of like identifying with a yellow object instead of having to fit into like I'm a brown I'm a brownie I'm a brown. <laughs> I'm like cocaine. No, no, no um. Oh man, I posted so I posted a cocaine a, a video a clip from this show about cocaine. No likes. Every uh, like hundred views. No yeah, likes. It was like, is like not in fashion anymore. I now it's like K. Now you have to post K, and then people will be or shrooms, and people will be like, okay, yeah. Um, not that I do drugs, by the way. Kids don't do drugs. Just kidding. You know that about me. I don't do drugs. I'm like the you, most you boring drink, person. Right? Yeah, I mean, I guess drinking is a drug but i and i smoke but i don't really like smoke weed or crack or <laughs> anything but you know um, i'm very open about my crack smoking yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> and your heroin addiction too yeah well i've I, I did know a lot of heroin addicts when i was younger like it oh, might have been... was that like a bad joke no no it's not offensive i'm not offended yeah, i, I no, like cool. dude I'm like, I probably offend people with the fact that I still say drugs are fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Anyways, what I'm saying is like, uh, so yeah, I think like before the pandemic, I was really kind of like just working through my own shit, kind of coming into my own person. And then there was like a moment during the pandemic where I just kind of was like super into myself. And I was like, wow, like I'm so cool and I'm so sexy and I'm so beautiful. But like when you're in that mentality, it's funny because I feel like people can either go really cringe or they can become really like grounded in their own person. And I like went cringe as fuck for like when six on months. Instagram. Yeah, on Instagram. I mean, I, I didn't see it. I think you probably don't remember because that's why I deleted my Instagram so long for so long too. Because I was like, I, I was, was so cringe. I was actively following you. I remember before you stopped, you were meeting with your mother. I'm a fan, by the way. Like with my mother, you, you were you. There was like you were with your oh, sister and birthday. your mother in the yeah. birthday and all of that. Like I, there was no cringe, you know. There was cringe in there for sure. Maybe okay. you just deleted it from your mind. Or okay, but also this, I'm very, I'm a very self conscious person, mm -hmm. and so I everything. Well, you still I haven't listened to the episode that we did. <laughs> I listened to like. 10 minutes of it and i was like oh my god i need to stop listening to this well, I'm like, dying. okay well uh, knowing now that mm -hmm. it is popular as a <laughs> you know and i love that i'm assigning you to listen to my podcast <laughs> you're like knowing now that you called yourself a twinkie and people still fuck with you no you get, how about how about you listen to it and you give yourself compassion and, and recognize that people are very impressed by you how about yeah, that how about how about i take like five shots and then I just record myself listening to your podcast. Like, but no context, like, just with my headphones on and everything else in silence and me just, like... Just your face reacting? <laughs> oh, I bet you'll, you it'll be a lot of you laughing. It, it's yeah, actually... Probably. This is... It's talking about narcissism, sometimes I'll listen to an episode and I'll be like, that was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You got to make yourself laugh. I do remember the last time I was having the podcast with you, and I was there, I kept, because I moved my hands a lot, I kept hitting the hitting microphone. Hitting the, yeah, I, I was like boxing with the microphone. 
I was like, come at me, bro. Um, yeah, I remember that. That was fun. But anyways, cringe core is my life. So uh, there's these memes that say, once you accept yourself as a cringe person, you can finally really be yourself. And I find that to be very wholesome because now even when I do something cringe, I'm like, fuck it. Like everyone's cringe. It's a cringe world. If people who try too hard not to be cringe end up being like robotic and weird and like, you uh, know. But I but I, I think it's important to know that cringe is maybe mostly in the eye of the beholder, right? Like, because right. if, if true, we, true. we watch shit from like the 80s, you know, some stuff that was very yeah. funny to us back then, yeah. you know, or the 90s is cringe as fuck. Like, yeah. for example, uh, the- like there's a lot of cringe core in novelas, I think. Oh, I mean, I I think yeah. cringe core and novela it, 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 are synonymous. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah. but that but I I relate to that because you know like I, I it's almost like I made the decision to do the podcast before I was re ready to listen to myself. You know, right, right. Um, because I loved podcasting so much more than mm -hmm. I hated myself. <laughs> right, and yeah. and so. So yeah, man, I'm sure that there's like a plethora of cringe if I go back and listen to like every single episode. But the good yeah. part is that I don't have to do it and 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 most of the people are not going to have the same problems with me that I have with myself. Right. Right? Yeah. Like they don't true. know. That is true. I guess you're right. I guess I think I'm so cringe because when I look at myself, I can identify all the things about myself or what I think about that I think are cringe, but probably people don't have the same experience as I do. That's just me being yeah. like super isolated with my thoughts. Well, I used to be, uh, like I said, I used to have serious mental health issues and I used to be very, I, I, there was a moment where there was an awareness that I was so judgmental externally because mm -hmm. I hated everything. I, in fact, mm -hmm. I remember hanging out with a friend that I hadn't seen in a long time, and he he laughed, and he he, he just laughed because I, I uh, and he's he's like, I get it, you hate everything, and I and I didn't like it stuck with me because it was like a really helpful friend thing to do to sort of just be like, yo, like this isn't fun without saying yeah. that. He's like, it's like you're kind of a fucking pill to swallow, and then yeah. and that, around that time, it was like that's when it was associated with it, where it was like. Yeah, man, like, I think something towards to, 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 to about that cringe factor is maybe having a little bit more empathy. I'm trying to, like, understand, you know, like, yeah. even, even I knew, what's new for me is just to recognize that the people that make me cringe on the left are propagandized. <laughs> and yeah. to some degree, I resent the fact that I was as well. And that's where that rage comes from. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, also, yeah. I think cringe comes from recognizing yourself in like others. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and and I but but I think that I think that like one of my favorite words is when you when you start reading a lot because it's not a word that that's popular in American. It's Ooh. an English word, but you you don't hear it a lot in the capitalist society that we live in. But when you when you read uh, Roman history, mm -hmm. it, it, there's a lot of the use of the word clemency which means Ooh. forgiveness, right? Yeah, yeah, like clemency yeah, yeah. and like, and I, ah, man, yeah, it's energy you start to save. So ¿Cómo se like... In Spanish is what? Clemencia. Clemencia, sí. yeah. Pero en español siempre usamos clemencia. O sea, no todos los días, pero sí es una palabra que ocurre. Yeah. Entonces, and then, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, it, it, I'm, I don't want to make it seem like I didn't understand you, but Im- Im- <laughs> immediately I was like, wait, not everybody speaks Spanish. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Let's, but, let's go back to English. No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. It, I, I, I like hearing your uh, your your or, uh, language of origin. Yo también hablo español y me gusta mucho hablarlo. Tengo un acento muy, muy, muy raro porque tengo medio... Uh, es como argentino. Sí, sí. Es, 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 yo crecí en, en, um, en Costa Rica. Ah, hasta los okay. seis años. Y el español oh. fue mi primer idioma. Yo creo que por eso eh, hablo así. Pero cuando mm. hablo con mi mamá, ¡uh! El cubanazo sale. <laughs> It's like all of a sudden, so I remember cute. all the Cubanisms. All your ancestors just come into your yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's a thing, like, there is an, a, an importance to ancestry in Latin American cultures that I think over here, like, it's cringe when white people do it. But, like, to us, look, if you want to start to, do, if you, if you want to start to do a, a, a learning of your history, like a historical mm-hmm. record, go back and learn your, or, your roots, like, yeah. you're going to be depressed, Totally, it's a yeah. fucking history and it's yeah. not because you're you're from a shithole country or I'm, it's not because yeah. necessarily exclusively because of communism it's because of global powers and yeah. the, you know we we're now in a unipolar power but we used to have a, a, a bipolar power if you if you actually look at where the origins this is something i learned recently and actually we can maybe talk a little bit about socialism and its evolution now because i think mm-hmm. that you maybe aren't a socialist but i think that you lean a little bit more towards the left right and i don't necessarily <laughs> identify as a socialist right but, but okay so the, the the term third world country that mm-hmm. is a pejorative now But originally, I forget what country it was. Uh, I think, um, I don't, I I forget who, it it was, it was Indonesia. It was Indonesia. And Mm -hmm. he, the the president of Indonesia coined the term and it was basically the third world. So you never hear about the second world, right? Right, yeah. The second world was Russia. Was the, the, Ah, it was a unipolar and so, It was like, hey, we're going to rise up. And I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. The Act of Killing, the, the movie. Oh, the movie. I love that movie. Okay. Oh, my God. So, yeah. so uh, who do you think is responsible for the killing of communists over there? <laughs> do you think that they just woke up right. one day and decided right. to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was mm-hmm. so, so, in fact, there's a, a book about, I, this, is, this comes from an interview that uh, Glenn Greenwald did with this guy that wrote this book called The Jakarta Method or something like that. And basically, mm-hmm. that shit that they did in Jakarta uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to subvert governments is something that they still do today. Like, I mean, look at Nicaragua, there's all, like Venezuela, mm-hmm. it's still fucking mm-hmm. happening. Like, you're not allowed to be right. a Sandinista. There's a woman who got censored on Facebook, I forget exactly what the details were, because she's a Sandinista. And they're, mm-hmm. but they're like, uh, they, I forget what they, oh, they, they banned her because she's a bot. Mm. And she's an actual person who has an actual opinion mm-hmm. about Nicar- Nicaragua's That's government so and, its, yeah. and its own uh, agency, right? And mm-hmm. so, so, yeah, that shit is fascinating to me. Just So, like, going back, like, all of our history, yours and mine, if we want yeah. to go back, it's basically about how the country that we live in actively has been awful to our ancestors. And totally. again, ancestry is really big and important, right? Because mm-hmm. 
So like Cuban, Cubans, even white Cubans, the reason I say it's complicated to say that they're racist is because they have a huge pride in their Afro-Cuban origins. Even the white right. ones, you know? Yeah. I was raised with that, right? Like, yeah. like you come from an Afro-Cuban culture. They explain yeah. to you who the saints are, even if you're not a Santero and why yeah. that's important. Like you grow up knowing about how this religion came about because the, um, what's it called? I forget what the... Uh, the um, the original Nigerian uh, culture, but like they brought all these people, they converted them into Catholicism and they made their saints. Like you grow up with that as part of your history and it's very different than growing up American. You know, right. it's still slavery, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. there's an integration of that as part of a celebration, right? Where it's yeah. like, where it's like over here, still shooting black people. I don't, you know, like there's know. no homelessness in, in, in Cuba. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think also I was talking to my friend Manuel about this last night where I think like a place like Mexico is a place that is really just stuck in between modernism and progression and like ancestral beliefs. And there's like this constant like and, and in that this like this formation of identity is really interesting because there's not really like a let go of the past and there's a bit like a huge respect of ancestry and beliefs and mythology and whatever but there's also like insistence to belong to the first world and like to develop into the future or whatever um and i think the u.s doesn't have that because they've like over here we've always just been so used to being number one i guess or like just collecting power and like uh there's like no respect for the past because there really is no past here everything that i think like my perception of it is that everything that is the past is kind of like concealed because it's so fucked up <laughs> nobody really wants to talk about it and then when when we finally talk about it um it's it's like frustrating because there's no real answers or a real outcome as to how you can make peace with that or you know make up for it because it's still going as we reconcile with the past that violence and like that suppression of shit is still happening like everywhere else in the world but directly linked to the united states you know yeah. you know what i mean well and yeah. we also we also basically have uh run the gamut on or like run we make all the movies that everybody watches right mm -hmm. like and and that's a really powerful force of soft power right yeah. now people are talking about the korean wave being this like crazy thing um that but like for years we were the the yeah. mono power of entertainment and yeah um and even i feel like there's this sort of myth in america that there was ever a sense of truth right mm -hmm. yeah, because now it's a little bit harder to sort of agree on things with people mm -hmm. because there's so many different disparate sources and, yeah. there, and and there's literally a faction of people that just don't want you to think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that yeah. is, that is one of the things that, as you know, has triggered me like crazy. Yeah. yeah same. It, it, and you brought it up earlier, which it's just like, yeah, it's this It's it, it's, trust the experts and like yeah. but then you break down like who are the fucking experts it's you know and then you want to talk about white privilege yeah. in, in breath yeah. <laughs> you know like it's it's totally a... yeah i mean to me it's always so baffling 
Oh, wait, I do want to say this, actually. So the last time I was talking to you, I talked shit about Nicki Minaj, and I completely take it back. I love <laughs> Nicki Minaj. <laughs> I do remember that, and I have been judging Nicki Minaj the since because I, because I know somebody that like that was giving her shit. Yeah, but now I take it back. I love Nicki Minaj. I think she's brilliant. Love love her to death because now I understand. Okay, so like before, like we were talking, I was cringe core. I was like, you know, a, a Democrat. I was just like, oh, she's like fighting other women. But now I realize that like her whole performance was kind of like this insistence to prove like women can be bitches too or like you know women can be fucked up too and that doesn't take away from their power or their essence or whatever but that's just to say uh did you did you or were you aware of the whole drama that happened i hate Brianna Joy oh wait with the mandala with the med gala for um when for- Nicki minaj didn't go because she said that she wasn't going to get vaccine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I just kind of hated how all these, like, people were, like, talking shit on her because I think, I mean, I don't know if that story is true, but I do feel like she's allowed to put her opinion out there, even if it sounds dumb as fuck. Like, to me, it's more valuable to see Nicki Minaj saying, like, I'm not going to take the vaccine until I do the research than someone like AOC showing up having taken the vaccine and then also like wearing a dumbass dress. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the other thing that was really offensive about the Met Gala thing, which I think was not reported, but Glenn Greenwald caught was the fact that uh, all of the help. The protest. No, oh, well, the hell all, wearing all, all, yeah. all of that. Well, first of all, there was a yeah. protest outside and she didn't go yeah. stand with them. She didn't acknowledge them in that dress. Yeah. She went yeah. straight to the party. She didn't go there. Why wouldn't she go there? Why? Why? If she's uh, why? Because people are going to ask her questions that yeah. are going to fucking ruin her moment. So yeah. she went inside. But the other thing that was really atrocious, the thing that Glenn Greenwell pointed out was that uh, if there's a lot of pictures of mm-hmm. people the help is all wearing masks and none of mm-hmm. the, the, so there's like a, a two tiered system within that structure, right? Yeah. Like, like nobody that is important is wearing a mask. Yeah. And then they have people it's holding so their dress, like some people wearing masks. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like some, yeah, I saw that. you posted those, right? You yeah, posted yeah. Those yeah. Pics, I remember. Yeah. 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 I, to me, it's Anyways, that, that Glenn Greenwald is like, gets, gets ostracized, you know, I like, know. It's well, so it's crazy. because he's because it's like no, like I said, everyone just wants something to agree with, right? Everyone wants either like like black or white. There's like no room for conversation and conflict and all this shit. And I feel like that, like his discourse, and also even like Nicki Minaj's discourse at that moment was not agreeable. So it was just like, yeah. you know, either like you you shut it down and you're like this bitch is so dumb, or you just completely like what is it shadow banning. <laughs> well, uh, Richard Wolf, who was uh, who I'm actually going to talk about now, got in trouble for saying that, let's for talking about vaccines and just being like, mm-hmm. it, you know, actually, what he was saying wasn't even that people shouldn't be vaccinated. But he was acknowledging, I forget mm-hmm. exactly what the tweet was, and so I may be misparaphrasing it. But essentially, mm-hmm. the point he was making is that people aren't sta- t- aren't standing up for these vaccine mandates. He was like, mm-hmm. people are fucking quitting their jobs because they don't. Yeah. And, and so what he was talking about on a, on a labor pers- pers- perspective, on a labor perspective, he was saying, and uh, for people who don't know, he's a well-known socialist, Doctor mm-hmm. uh, Professor Richard Wolff. You can definitely watch his stuff. It's really interesting stuff. Um, but he was basically saying is that like people don't want to capitulate to another thing that their employer can tell them what to do. You mm-hmm. know, like 
on a mm-hmm. on a very basic level, and that's an important yeah. thing to acknowledge. Um, yeah. But uh, one of the things that I wanted to say, uh, talk about socialism, because you may not be aware of this, that I wasn't until I saw Richard Wolff talk about it. But uh, in terms of when we think about socialism, and, and a lot of people like to say shit like, well, the system doesn't work. So essentially right. what, what com- countries like Cuba, China, and uh, I think China's a little bit different now. But what con- con- countries like those, like uh, Cuba and um, Russia... Mm-hmm. were doing was instead of taking out the role of the capitalist they took that role so instead of mm-hmm. being they, they instead of having um whatever ha- having ownership private ownership of companies the state owned the companies whereas mm-hmm. people like it, in the marxist right. discourse this is all paraphrased people w- ha- within the current discourse on marxism have recognized that marx never said that that was the case right like mark ne- right. marx never said that that was the solution to the, the thing so they went back and they looked mm-hmm. and and what they learned was that um that basically the um what what he calls for were things like worker co-ops and he uses mm-hmm. the example of, a, I forget exactly what the company's called, but there's a company in Spain that is a worker-owned mm-hmm. co-op that is mm-hmm. like number fourth in the country and it works like it, it works globally and they get to decide. And, nice. and so you don't have that because when you have the system, that, the setup that we have right now, mm-hmm. there's always someone you can pay more and you mm-hmm. don't have to pay everybody. And that's yeah, yeah, what yeah. happens in a lot of these, like, you know, the argument that like, like let's t- step aside and say like, okay, maybe Mark's, this new Marxian, Marxist, uh, Marxian, Marxist uh, um, approach or, or uh, revision of his work. Um, right. Duh, uh, like, let's put that aside and just go back and to, to, to mm-hmm. the times where the state was in charge. Now, mm-hmm. there was a whole global fucking conspiracy with NATO nations and all these people just trying to mm-hmm. fucking uh, block this from happening. Right. Mm-hmm. So even in the sense of like socialism, and this is this isn't Professor Richard Wolff. This is just my understanding before I even knew what Karl Marx was really talking about, which to some degree, my understanding was that like, yeah, uh, maybe it, maybe there should be some things that are not privatized. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like health insurance, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> which resoundingly is run well by governments because it's mm-hmm. basically a situation where everybody pays into one program. Yeah. with their taxes and then the company has monopoly uh, that, that like on negotiating with for drug prices and stuff like that right. so so the point being is that like you look at the way that we treat countries like uh venezuela you look at all the history and to me as a hispanic this is why this is where like yeah to my hispanic friends when i hang out with them and we're speaking spanish and we're shooting the shit i'm a gringo Okay, yeah. I don't speak as fast yeah. as them. I don't speak, right. you know, like I'm I'm a native speaker, but I've lost the habit, right? I mm-hmm. speak it better than anyone else in my family, right? Mm-hmm. Because I live with my grandmother, but mm-hmm. but but that sort of like yearning and and desire for socialism mm-hmm. is really important to me because as a Latin right. American community, mm-hmm. we've been trying to do this and we haven't been allowed to yeah we've been yeah. you know forget russia forget all of that forget the cold war we mm-hmm. have been subjugated and and made made uh subservient states right mm-hmm. our countries of origin yeah. right 
Are mm-hmm. you a citizen or are you resident? I'm a citizen. Yeah. Citizen? Yeah. Okay. I just turned a citizen two years ago. Okay. So yeah. two years ago, you had to work for that, right? That that shit. Kind of, I guess. Oh, okay. I mean, I was I was very lucky, I think, because my dad was a citizen. Uh, he came to the U.S. illegally, and then through one of the early programs, he was able to become a citizen really quick. And then he claimed me and my sisters for well, we became residents. Like when I was 12, so what, um, like 10 years ago or something. Yeah. And um, she, and then we went to Baltimore, we lived there. But so there's so many rules when you're a resident, like you can't leave the US for more than six months or you can lose your residency. Um, you need proof of like residency at all times, and they can do like, you know, like surprise visits to make sure you do live where you say you live and blah, 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 blah. So we had to leave for a while because of family shit. And while we were away, we just kind of had like a fake residency where we would get mail and we would have family photos there. I mean, it was like really complicated. Mm -hmm. And then I applied for my citizenship maybe like four years ago. And my three sisters and I and my mom all applied at the same time because we're all residents. And I was the only one who got it. So it was really weird. I don't understand why only I got it but I have like a weird theory that it's because I went to college and nobody else did and that seems really fucked up but yeah that that seems like a a a pretty interesting reasonable thing to assume yeah Um, yeah what's it called uh yeah and so like in terms of immigration we have as like we are literally Elysium right I don't know what that term means, but I know there was a movie about mm-hmm. it, and I've heard it used. So <laughs> I should let me see. Mm-hmm. But but essentially, like, did you ever have you ever watched? Uh, they it, they made a movie out of it, but there was a really cool anime back in the day called uh, a Battle Angel Alita, and it's basically there's there's all these stories of societies mm-hmm. that live up in the up off untouchable to the gr- surface of the ground, inaccessible mm-hmm. to the poor people. Like that's literally what we are. We have. Yeah. We are we we are a country that's floating above, mm-hmm. the, in terms of and and, the reason that everything else sucks is because we make it suck. Totally, yeah, I agree. So so, so you, you you know so, all these refugees coming in from the Middle East, all these refugees coming, you know, like begging, you know, Afghanistan, it's a fucking global problem that we yeah. fuck shit up. Yeah. And so, so to me, when people think of me as an American, yeah, if you're a Latino, if you're black, and you think of me as a white guy, I totally get it. Like, I, do, I understand the lack of nuance there, right? right. Uh, but white people telling me that I'm a white guy in the same sense of like, yeah, I'm a Latin American white guy of mm-hmm. most likely Middle Eastern descent. I know my grandfather's name was uh, Israel. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely we're definitely crypto Jews. Right. Right. (laughs) So 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 then and and so it's this thing because but at the same time, usually the problem is othering. Right. Like, yeah, even though I'm super close to white people telling me that I'm not white, which happens. as well, Right. So Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. it's this it it, it, like the the race construct is just never fucking ending. And it's almost like it, you know, it's insane. It's it's an insane thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I just, I also wonder, like, 
how far that can go because it really gets to a point with identity where like you really aren't one single thing and I think race is built upon the idea of like this singular way of being like whiteness or blackness or uh, being Mexican and those are I mean like yeah like I'm also kind of like questioning right now the way in which that affects like say the idea of race versus ethnicity because they're so different they're used very similarly but they're just so different what's the difference um, I think ethnicity is more specific and race is like this broad thing people throw people into based on what they look like or where you know where they came from or whatever where and like an ethnical group is like more specific to like their costumes their beliefs their their language it to me that's the way I would like differentiate them I don't necessarily know if it's right um but when it's like that it's like you say for example um like yeah like just someone who looks a certain way but then once you get to know them they're completely different to that not that at all then you kind of they're just floating around and there's nothing to assign them to so it's I mean I just don't even know what the purpose of that kind of categorization is at this point it just seems so I think I think there's two uh different perspectives on that or not perspectives two different um I think that there's like like as there always been I mean they didn't fucking release the 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 the, the um, JFK information recently, right? Mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. not? You know, right. because, you know, like if it's the mafia, why not yeah. tell us? <laughs> if yeah. it's the Cubans, yeah. why not tell us? This isn't an original right. idea. Someone else said this, but it's yeah. it's a it's a really interesting point. Like, right. like and and to me, so like I think that I think that uh, with the race construct, I think that there are people who genuinely uh, are having a dialogue about race and, uh, you know, and not in the terms of critical race theory buzzwords. They're, they're actually having, it's actually funny now that I think about it, people that are for critical race theory, but tell you not to do your own research. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was just listening to the Red Scare, the last episode, and they were talking about this article Judith Butler wrote about how gender studies is like a danger because of like radical right wing bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, that is like so not true. You know, it's like the the discourse that she's using, she's just basically like kind of like reaffirming her power in saying that we need those terms we need like i don't know it just i haven't read the article so i can't really speak on it properly but that's mm-hmm. when I, I think that's what i'm questioning like i understand kind of like the the power structure that really affects race in the united states and everywhere uh but beyond that once you get to a point where there's so much racial mixing because you are like in a increasingly global like you know world then then like what is that conversation gonna look like in 20 years or whatever you know mm-hmm. like when when we had like caste systems in latin america when we were colonized there was like mestizos blah blah blah. you have all of those and so are we gonna just re-racialize people for the futures just for the sake of like terms and like class like i yeah. i don't know 
Well, it, yeah, I, I definitely think that there is a, uh, a CIA style incentive or CIA is incentivized to press these issues, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think, and I think that if you're, if you're uh, a Democratic Party that wants to stay in power, but doesn't want to, like, they didn't give us gay marriage, right? They, mm -hmm. I was going to say gay mm -hmm. sex. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't invent gay sex. Hillary Clinton was against gay sex. No, I mean, these motherfuckers, like, bro, these, look, what I, what, what my understanding of it comes from, uh, uh, mostly from this guy, Dave Anthony, who's a comedian, but also mm -hmm. who's a leftist. You might enjoy his work. Mm -hmm. Sometimes he gets a little, like, he's, he, I, I, he's not, um, sometimes he gets a little authoritarian lefty and, it, <laughs> and, and he's, he's like pro censorship and stuff like that, which in, in oh, a weird way, yeah, but uh, you know, but it, that's also an interesting thing because like you can, you can sort of pick like if what's my thesis is based on the idea of writing papers, right? writing research mm -hmm. papers and, and, and right. you know, and, and as we've talked, like, that's kind of how I formulate stuff. I, I, right. I learn stuff and then I talk about it. And then if I, mm -hmm. I, I try to not, you know, I try to correct myself if I'm wrong and shit like that. Yeah. But, um, I lost my point, but the, 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 it's it, to me, there is an incentive in keeping people talking about race over what we have in common. Right. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if everybody's on the right is racist, then you don't even ha you there's no need to talk to them at all and if you don't right. talk to them you might not actually figure out what you have in common right and i right. know that it and and i know that that's easy for me to say because i am not as dark skin as other people right. uh, but i think that there so so i want to acknowledge that there is a genuine discourse happening as well with right. with with like you know it's co-opted by a lot of white people that weaponize yeah. it to sort of win arguments and be virtuous but right you know so i don't want to negate that but i do think that like anything like you know there's they're not gonna like like just let you fucking talk freely we have free speech but that doesn't mean that yeah. we can't be yeah. fucked by it right like totally, yeah. you, know, you can't be censored entirely from the internet uh, yeah. and, and lose access to the world, which is increasingly more important. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Yeah, that's something also like I was thinking about. So did you watch the creepy metaverse thing? Oh, we can definitely talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> so I don't know. I was just thinking about that with my friends. We were kind of talking about it last night because I hadn't watched the video and we watched like the first 10 minutes of it. And it's just so ridiculous and like, creepy but also like um he was talking so he's saying mark is saying like okay there's like all these things that i need to figure out before these you know this becomes true we're working on it and he brings up like security things and like ownership and like private property within the metaverse and shit like that um but i was like wow this is like already like in the same sense in which you were talking about cities built up high and then everyone else kind of like reaching for that i feel like the metaverse is just like a very like like a digital um outcome of that mentality and it it feels like for example my friend doesn't have a phone 
And now with COVID, he can't get in anywhere, like to a museum or anything, because you need to do trace contact through your phone. You need to answer a questionnaire or whatever. He can't do it, so he can't access all of these spaces, public spaces. And um, I, I was like, oh, wow, so that's crazy. Like, in the metaverse, like, how do you, like, how, how does this function? Because it's already, like, a classist endeavor in the sense that people who don't have access to that are not going to be able to participate in the world which essentially what he's saying is that that's how the world is going to be in the future, A. And then B, um, wait, what was the other thing I was going to say? I was, I forgot my other point. It'll come back to me, but okay. yeah, I don't know. Do you know what this is? <laughs> no, what is that? Is it like a sci-fi story? This is the book that the metaverse comes from, quite literally. Ah, he said, okay. That, okay. So this is one of my favorite books. It's a really great book. It's a, a lot of people's mm -hmm. favorite book. It's called Snow Crash. If you haven't, uh, I'll uh, read it. Yeah, if you haven't read it, it's gonna fucking blow your mind. I want to have like a book club with you. I'm definitely. We could start the Javi Oprah Winfrey book club for sure. I, I, dude, I had like you're you are a person that brings light into my life in a, in a in 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 the sense that I'm very stimulated by talking to you. I feel mm -hmm. very cared about when I talk to you. I feel like there's a warmth there, and and mm -hmm. and that you know like that's why I want to I fucking want to highlight you as a person. Oh, you know, thank you. Because because. You know, when I when I heard that you did the interview with with Sam, I was so fucking pumped. I'm like, like I I hope that Sam doesn't feel like he can't get my guests. <laughs> Sam, you can book all of my guests. It's only validating. <laughs> it only makes me feel like yes, that was a good conversation. Because <laughs> he also he also had Adrian Sachs, and I'm like, I know I saw that. That motherfucker got good taste. <laughs> but okay, so this yeah. book. But anyway. Going back to the book and going back to the metaverse, this has been something that he's been saying he wanted to do for a long time. This was not a surprise for me. Right. This right. book is a beautiful story about survival in a future that is anarcho-capitalistic. Anarcho-capitalism mm -hmm. is the opposite of anarchism, or it's, it, I mean, anarchism is more closely associated with uh, leftist ideas. It's, yeah. it, it's it's sort of like Marxism and, and anarchism are separate, yeah. but they're both under the Venn diagram of the of of, of leftism, right? Whereas yeah. is, anarch it, is, anarch is it like accelerationism, anarcho-capitalism? No, no anarcho-capitalism is a right-wing interpretation right. of capitalism, which is it's libertarian. It's no right. regulation, no none of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is this story is a fucking uh, it's a beautiful story. But it is a fucking nightmare world, mm -hmm. right? Um, the I don't even want to spoil anything for it. It reads like an action movie. It's mm -hmm. I, I will be surprised if they don't eventually make it into the. I was gonna ask you if there's a movie. It, if there's, yep. it will not be surprised if they make this. Uh, they should make all of Neil Stevenson's books. He's a he, you know, in terms of like uh, research being a, a book, uh, he does historical fiction that's really interesting as well. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, read read Snow Crash. I highly recommend it to everybody, especially if you're wondering about the metaverse. It is a place that was. Mm -hmm. I, when is this book from? 
uh, it's basically so when you're talking about private property and property protections, it makes sense because it all comes from mm -hmm. this book. And right. in that book, it's basically real estate in a digital space that, right. you know, so like so I own a piece of land and that piece of land is perpetually there. And, right, right, right. You know, and, and it's it's just like the real world, but in a digital space. Yeah. And it's really interesting uh, as an idea and as a sci-fi novel, it's fucking fascinating, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, however, I am a little bit angry at Neil Stevenson for giving Mark Zuckerberg the idea. Because yeah, but that's, that was like my question. And this is it's my a nightmare world. I'm going to make, yeah, it's, like say something like someone homeless who owns something in the metaverse. Does that, is that reality? Like where does, where does reality? Well, when live? you were talking about access, I, 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 I was kind of, I mean, I wasn't laughing at you, but I was like, well, uh, it's funny because they'll just give you this shit. Right? right, like so, because to them it's more important to have you in the system than it is the value of the product. Right, like that's why right. iPhones were so cheap; they were two hundred bucks because they they both iPhone, Apple, and the carriers wanted you trapped in a you know. Before right. that, they were the contracts weren't like that. You know, like you you didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what I'm saying? It wasn't yeah. like you had to have a two year contract to pay right. off the value of the phone to make it worth it for the the company. And now phones right. are just 700 bucks because they were like, fuck yeah. this shit. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, the point was to make it, like it's sort of how Amazon runs at a loss in a new industry mm -hmm. to disrupt it. And then eventually mm -hmm. it starts making money because no one else can compete. Yeah, yeah. I know. I just, like, I really, so, like, I just, I, where does yeah but like where does humanity lay in like a well, setup in, like that in this book the u.s government you know one of the main character uh, uh i forget her name one of her one of the main characters is to, it's it's this 15 year old girl and this guy who's a programmer who's who's a an asian guy whose name is hero protagonist which is really funny <laughs> <That's good. laughs> i love that and uh and so her mother works for the u.s government right mm -hmm. and um, the U.S. government is tiny, doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> what are you a citizen of? You're a citizen of uh, Mr. Lee. Amazon French. Prime. Yeah, exactly. A hundred percent. Exactly. That's so scary. And so, so there's there's no there's no public police. It's all privatized police forces, and you can think of like say like a McDonald's. So you're a member of franchises, a franchise let right you become a member of one and that's where you go for asylum so like if cops are chasing you you pull into like uh you know whatever lee's uh i forget what the name of the of the one you know um lee's whatever it uh it, he, he uh like you you go there and that's your safe haven wow. and then the rest of the fucking world is 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 up for grabs <laughs> well that's so scary so there is there's also a really interesting part of the book where there is an, a raft of boats that have just consolidated of refugees, mm -hmm. of people that are uh, are stateless, or the, of the, the of people that I mean, it's stateless isn't doesn't apply, but essentially they they there's all these like it just becomes this floating island of like uh, stuff rigged together, and and mm -hmm. it becomes like a floating like little place for you know, like kind of what is happening at our borders, but of just like mm -hmm. people that are, you know, not have no memberships. 
yeah have no memberships exactly and so that's it's so it's fucking crazy and that's yeah. the world so it's that that basically anarcho-capitalism is essentially just privatization of everything and no regulation right right and that's and that's why it's anarchism <laughs> and so but but so in the book does the metaverse is that the solution to that problem no no the metaverse is just part of the world building Ah, okay. And a lot of stuff. I mean, it's just it's as important as the internet is, you know. Right. Yeah. So 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 it's like it, it you know it's basically, and then people you but there is still class division because you can there are people that have modded out decked out. Um, this is this yeah. is how long the book was written. How long ago the book was written? They were the uh, the access points were like payphones. <laughs> <laughs> And so, so there are people that can only afford like the basic black and white avatar. Right. And right. Uh, actually, I think this show, this book was written before the word avatar uh, was in common parlance. I don't think wow. I, I could be wrong. It may be in the book, but I don't remember it. Uh -huh. being. I read, I reread it recently. It's a fucking great read. It's, and it, it, you know, it's an action book. Like it starts off, the guy has this super decked out fast car and he, um, he like, uh, it's it, it, what makes the book good is not that like it's not like oh you read the book and you're like oh I want to live in this world you live you you read the book and you're like this world is fucked up and it's dystopian mm -hmm. and sci-fi but I love how these people are surviving in it right yeah, like yeah, yeah. so anyway so this guy's a pizza delivery guy and he has to make it in thirty minutes or less again tells you how long ago this book was written uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> he has to get there yeah. thirty minutes or less. Or he will get fucking killed because he works for uh, a, ma a mafia-owned company, and their guarantee mm. is that if your pizza's late, the mafia, the the owner of the mafia company, the the corporation, has to deliver, show up in a helicopter and deliver the pizza personally, right? Mm -hmm. So he's doing that, and then the two main characters meet because the other girl is a courier and she has a special skateboard that has telescopic like. Um, like you know, like uh, telescopic, I think, or like you know, little things that that stick out and ch mm -hmm. change distance, and it's like little spikes that come out of the wheel that that can like pick up cracks and whatnot, and and so she can just go at super fast speeds. And she has a harpoon gun, and she harpoons onto his car, and then they're um. like, they, you know, the action sort the the action scenes because like. They're going through franchises. They're they're trying to get to safe havens and stuff. It's fucking great. It's so much wow. fun. And then, yeah, but like, yeah, but then he develops. So like Neil Stevenson is a fucking genius. I I uh, he's my favorite author easily. Awesome. Um, okay. And it's just sad, sad that mm -hmm. a man as evil as uh, as because like the metaverse is a cool idea, right? It could be done ethically, but it's not. Yeah. And they just yeah, want to be yeah. first to it, you know, because yeah. someone's going to do it. Now that Oculus Rift and all that shit is, is coming around. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, true. I can't lend yeah, you my Yeah, I mean, the way, the way he talked about it didn't seem exciting to me. It just seemed more, like, terrifying and alarming. And he's also just so weird looking. He just looks like a wet cookie or something. I don't know. I don't just don't like the way he looks. Wet cookie. <laughs> wet cookie. I don't know if that makes sense to you. <laughs> But he really looks like a wet. Cookie someone, cookie. someone at work recently thought I described something as wet, as but like mm -hmm. as if it was like, yo, that's wet as fuck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's wet. Weird, but, weird yeah. lingo. And I, and I was at work, so I had to be clear that I did not see that. <laughs> <laughs> Although we had a laugh, um, but that's yeah, funny, yeah. 
Well, cool, dude. Well, I just want you to know you're my friend, and I would love oh. to hang out with you if we're doing art yeah, stuff. Yeah, let's do I'll, it. I'll, I'll try to. I'll try to have you come out. Um, yeah. I'm gonna be doing some stuff that for for Monte Vista, so we can talk more about that for sure. Cool. But, but what's it called? Um, it, what can, where can people find your new uh, non cringe core self? Well, I only have my Insta and my website, which is linked to my Insta, which is Pamela with four E's. And I have a show coming up in December here in LA. So I'll invite you. I'll send you the invite. I mean, I'll post it on my social so everyone can see it. Uh, when It opens December 3rd. So oh, next so month. So this year. Okay. Yeah. We'll definitely and then be I, there. And then where, I where have are you showing? a show. Oh, it's on this place. So basically, it's this guy from New York who used to have a space in New York called Malrick's Place. And uh -huh. he moved here to L.A. and is opening his space up again. So he invited me to do the first show. I'm going to do that December 3rd. I don't have a title for the show yet, so I have to figure that shit out. Um, maybe I'll call it, I'll just... call it Wet Cookie. <laughs> Zuckerberg is a wet cookie. That, well, that's a t-shirt. Zuckerberg yeah. looks like a wet cookie. <laughs> <laughs> um and then i have my show at level three in um when is it february 22nd oh so you're gonna be showing there yeah yeah fuck why That'll hasn't sam there. invited me god damn <laughs> tell him um i'm doing a two-person show so i'm showing with oh, this woman called kyoto um she's a photographer too and her stuff is very like beautiful black and white like very zen and my shit is like ah so i think it's gonna be a cool show um and yeah just that just doing that living that life living that life well let me that qualify what life. i said earlier to sam sam you can keep poaching my guests as long as you <laughs> have me as a fucking guest <laughs> I'm kidding. No, it's, okay. it's okay. I'm I'm too big for a level three. <laughs> <laughs> and other douchey things you could say. No, uh, I don't want you to feel obligated. I I just like to make myself laugh. <laughs> but anyway, it was lovely talking to you again. It's a relief. I feel I feel like I've been rejuvenated with all the Pamela energy Aww. that I need. And uh, and so is my audience. So thank you so much. And I hope uh, they like it. It's more pressure when you know they want you. You know. Like, oh my God. <laughs> I think you're handling pressure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate us five stars. Shop at our merch store and subscribe to us on YouTube. Special thanks to our patrons, M. Trichkovsky and Tony Irons. To become a patron, go to patreon.com slash what's my thesis. 